Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 here for a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. A little smoky, it's kind of clearing out, uh, but it wasn't smoke, it was, boy, that wind, it was blowing up, kicking up to about 45, 50 miles an hour, all those clouds here. Don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon, Fire TV, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud, as well as downloading our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. Finished with the recorded debate, by the way. It was recorded. It was uh, Shelly Rabondo, Doug Doug Fernandez, and uh, uh, let's see. Also, Bob Clark was involved. I think the Albuquerque Journal was involved in all that. I guess you guys won't see it until Thursday and then Friday. Hopefully, they're able to kind of keep it intact. One of the first things, you know, without uh, kind of all the <clears throat> what would you call it? A revisionist. <laughs> Editing? Um, no, I hope that it's going to be good. They, they did all did a great job, and I had no idea. I, I I had some notes that I might go to, but let's just say there was a lot of notes and a lot of reading by the other two candidates. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what was happening out there. Doubt it was like, uh, can I get a can I get a leg up on this thing? Does somebody want to text me the questions? I felt like it was a. Uh, you know, Trump and Hillary all over again, 2016 with the CNN debate. No, it, was, it wasn't that bad. They were good. They were fair. They were fine. And I'm, I'm okay. So I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in this afternoon. D-Dowd, Muska here, hour number one. How are you, sir? Uh, I am well. I'm actually working on a piece for tomorrow uh, relating to a, a public policy here in Albuquerque that I'm submitting to the next network affiliate oh. to conduct a debate that's going to be held next week. And uh, oh, wow, wow, uh, wow. keeping with the, the credibility that we have here, I will not be informing uh, Mr. Aragon what that question is, but uh, Bravo. he can read it tomorrow like the other candidates. <laughs> Bravo. Are we going to get the questions ahead of time at KOB Channel 4? Is that that? Please tell me that can't, that cannot well, be the case. Well, let That's me tell you what they're... What That's they're, not they're, a debate. If you can't think on your feet and move and... You know, um, then we got you got problems. You got to be uh, be able to communicate and think, and it should should not be something that you're. Who's the best reader? <laughs> like no one's interested in that. Exactly zero people. Uh, you know, it should, should be an athletic event, right? Uh, you know, one of the, my my big things that I'm worried about right now, Dowd, mm-hmm. is the fact that there's lots of sports betting. Oh. Right, it's the sports betting thing. So Fox News, ESPN is like, oh, get our new Fox Sports betting app. Get our well, what do you think is going to happen? Eventually, people are going to think that the fix is in for a lot of this stuff, and you know the refs are going to do what they need to do. Like, eh, I just don't like that. So, I just want to make sure that nobody has any. I don't. I didn't know what the questions were, and I I'm totally fine about that. But there you go. You got to do what you can to preserve power. I had a lot of fun. I love, love, love debating, uh, and I did not particularly like this one. But apparently, I was the one who was being accommodated because I am not vaccinated. That was the thing. <clears throat> yes, doing what I can to, uh, you know, spread the disease, I suppose, according to the uh, naysayers. I don't know why they would say something like that. All right, lots to get to here before I digress any further into all this. And um, my Zoom and my connection worked quite well, uh, I will say, although I'm not a, the biggest fan of Zoom. Uh, we do have a lot of things that we do need to get to. 
that we didn't cover yesterday. Uh, Dowd prepares a lot. Uh, I'm reading a lot, although I wish I was reading more about the things that we should be. So we're going to race through the news, just kind of make it more of a newsy day. Hopefully you guys are okay with that. We'll keep uh, the phones on, uh, on. No doubt, no doubt, Dead Air Dave will make his appearance at some point during the show. Do not, do not summon Dead Air Dave in the third hour, by the way, in the first hour. First or second, that just that's it. The, the whole train just falls off the rail, and we end up yacht rocking for the last hour. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to do that today. <laughs> no so, patent, no patent numbers today. <laughs> yeah, right. Yacht rock. Yeah, that was great. Though I think we did a whole show on yacht rock, and then another. I think we did a, an entire hour on uh, the logical song. I think from Super. Oh yes. I remember, that you might remember doing that. So, all right. Uh, let's just kick in, uh, kick into it. I'm not going to bore you with any. Uh, fight for 505 stuff or mayoral stuff. Let's just have fun. Uh, thanks to all of you who are texting in, enjoying our billboards. Uh, more up tomorrow. Uh, so that's exciting about that. And uh, thanks to everybody for, uh, you know, really getting behind, especially you conservatives, you Republicans who are just coming out. You're like, I don't care what you say. You're leveraging everything you possibly can. It's like, we are. We're fighting for the 505. Oh, by the way, Dowd, you're going to love this. It does something super cheesy. Put up your Dukes and fight for the 505. How do you like that, huh? I like it. Yeah, Duke yeah. City, the Dukes, you get, get it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of kind of catchy trying to do what we can. Do. Dukes for the Duke City. Yeah. All right. All That's right. right. Well, okay, so let's get to the New Mexico health chief. Uh, the use of masks, other measures could last years. You may have missed this, uh, folks, but it is not good. We talked a little bit about it last week. But Dr. David Disgrace, uh, the cabinet secretary for the state's human services department, Stated, quote, unquote, this is going to stretch out much further in front of us than we thought. Now, we alluded to this late last week, but where are we at? What does it mean? And uh, what's it going to mean for other things? Well, we're starting to find that out right now because uh, the state of New Mexico is no doubt going to be pushing forward for more of this, more of the mandates that are have been happening. Certain San Diego National Labs, Los Alamos National Labs, like these are the greatest employers amongst us. People are now being fired, removed from their jobs. I mean, the madness just is absolute nonstop. But there's a reason here in New Mexico we adopt it. I think we're almost told to adopt a lot of this stuff here. Um, And it has a lot to do with the amount of money that we receive from the federal government. And I think that that's not being stated, I think, explicitly uh, because it's just sort of like the great secret. There's There's not very many other states that are operating much like we are. And I think it, we would behoove us to start operating on our own without getting the money uh, from the uh, federal government. Now, one of the things that we talked about today in our you know, debating, the money isn't going to last forever. It's going to run out. I'm like, well, no crap. Look, at, it's, it's run out everywhere else. You know, why is it that we continue to want? Like, how are we going to reopen business if we continue to have that dependency? How are you going to kick the kid out of the house if... He keeps getting the allowance. He keeps getting paid. He keeps getting them. Like, it's never going to happen, right? So we've got to really learn this, that this isn't just a RONA issue now. This is an economic issue. And if we're talking about, again, this stuff lasting years down the way, well, New Mexico's never going to be able to recover if we're going to penalize businesses and uh, do more of this uh, healthcare virtue signaling that has been going on uh, for some time. We're doing it here. Arizona's not doing it. Colorado's not doing it. Uh, they're not doing it in Utah and Texas, of course. We knew that. In Oklahoma, for them, it was it was over 15 months ago. You realize that Oklahoma was one of the very first states to open up? Well, <clears throat> just to kind of bring it full circle and so that you understand, COVID is trending downward. Why would our health care secretary 
state during this time, and there's no other explanation for it. Why would he state this is going to stretch out much further in front of us than we thought? Oh, we thought it was going to be 15 days of flat in the curve. We thought it was going to be three months. We thought it was going to be, I don't know, six months. We get to the end of the year. We thought it was going to be one year. Here's a one-year anniversary. Thing is, is if you don't push back, it will never end. It will never end. And the people at SNL and the people at LANL and people all, all over are realizing that their compliance just means that they are going to be told more things of what to do. So Fauci has warned not to declare victory. Well, who's taking those cues? That would be your governor. That would be your Democrat Party. Your governor, who's running the Democratic Governor Association and the Democrat Party, by and large and in general, is doing this. There's no other explanation other than the uh, running that uh, Democrat Party agenda. Your thoughts on that, Dowd? It's too good a deal to give up. I, I remember reading a piece uh, probably in maybe Pat Buchanan's magazine 20 years ago. Uh, it was, I think the title was The Cold War, Too Good a Deal to Give Up. Uh, the foreign policy establishment just couldn't change their ways. I mean, Russia had imploded, uh, you know, the number of nukes. We had these agreements limiting, you know, whatever they had, 40,000, 60,000 down to 1,500. Uh, Russia wasn't sponsoring terrorism all around the globe. Russia wasn't invading Afghanistan. But the deal was too good to give up. And for the public health establishment, this is too good a deal to give up. And to hear Scrace talk about two or three more years of this, we, we were joking a year ago about 15 years to slow the spread. Uh, it's just a wonderful tool for these busybodies who uh, apparently have a substantial portion of the population willing to comply with whatever they scare them with today. And uh, I guess it's just job security for the Dr. Scraces of the world. He is the highest paid, um, if I'm not mistaken, federal employee. He's also uh, working, yeah, yeah. Uh, also working uh, quite uh, um, closely with the Centers for Disease Control, uh, the NIH, the National Institute of Health. But here we are. We're trending in the right direction, but people should be careful not to, quote unquote, declare victory. The seven-day average showing cases below 100,000 hospitalizations, below 10,000, and deaths below 2,000. And he says, quote, unquote, if you look at the history of surges and diminutions in cases over a period of time, they can bounce back like anything, like absolutely anything. How long are we going to go ahead and live in this fear that they have created? And we're just going in, as you see, all of the weather, as you see the brown clouds, as you see all these things that are taking place. Well, this is going to be that part of the year where people are getting their flu shots, right? because they're sort of uh, hunkering down thinking, well, the flu generally comes about mid to late October. Well, here we are, mid to late October. We didn't have the flu at all last year, right? Everybody who had the flu seemingly had something else, not trying to, you know, kind of push anything else out there. But we can't live like this. It doesn't work. And so as long as those uh, genuflecting and the virtual signaling coming from Washington, D.C. is saying this, it will continue to be exactly like this 550 5, that's 550 5, remember when you cycle through these things i think it's also important uh to notice and one of the things i was doing my part to kind of keep the balloons up up and away because we want the albuquerque international balloon fiesta we know that other people if you had seen my appearance on krqe it is a world-class event a feat an achievement next year 50 years like maybe nothing else but can you imagine if we continually had say, well, no, we're not going to fly, we're not going to fly, we're not going to fly, because you know it was constantly windy, then it would disappear. We would we could have gone potentially two years to not have the balloon fiesta. If we didn't have the balloon fiesta for two years. Do you think there'd actually be a third? 
Well, there's good reason to think that there wouldn't be. Because down in Roswell, which was a uh, a, a great place to, to visit of, for a number of reasons, but there's lots of ranch hands out there and good people and nice Republicans. A popular youth football tournament in Roswell is coming to an end permanently called Hike It and Spike It. I have actually heard about this. And it's going to disband and the local board will no longer hold the event. Why? Because of the COVID lockdowns. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the pandemic has forced the cancellation for the last two years and organizers stated explicitly that COVID-19 continues to create uncertain futures. Where else have we seen this? The 4-H club, right? We saw where these are all going. You know, there's like, I forget, like 80 teams that go into Roswell for the hiking and spiking tournament. It's one of their biggest events of the year, okay? They added that they've been looking for someone to take the event over, but got little interest because they were uncertain about the directives. This is outdoors of where they were going with this. The flag football tournament was one of Roswell's biggest events, bringing in thousands of players and spectators each year to Roswell, New Mexico. So when we push back and we hear Dr. Scray say, well, this could continue for years, this could continue much into, what is that signaling to the rest of the business community here in the state of New Mexico? And even if it's recreational things, like a balloon fiesta, like a state fair, like the popular Roswell flag football tournament, it's telling people that we are not open for business. And that's the wrong signal to be sending. This is one of the reasons why you need change in the city of Albuquerque. If we're going to have any chance for survival and you're going to hope that your neighbors and your friends and all their friends of friends aren't going to be picking up, moving and leaving New Mexico permanently, you got to have somebody in the mayor's office and city council who are going to say, you know what, we're not going to abide by this stuff, this crap that you keep pushing forward. We have uh, one of the most sparsely populated pop, uh, populaces uh, in the city of Albuquerque. I think we have uh, plenty of uh, spread out distance from each other in general because we're not you know, that heavy populated. So even our outdoor stuff is, uh, you know, we're cutting back on that. What is that going to mean for the future? Well, people are going to say, well, like I said, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Oklahoma, and Texas are open. And how easy is it to go ahead and uh, create this uh, flag football tournament, maybe in Lubbock, Texas, uh, for all we know. Your thoughts on that, Dowd? 550, 5,500 as well. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, again, I'm not, I, people know I'm not a sports guy. This just broke my heart when when I saw this because what we're facing in America, and I don't believe in big government as the answer to this. I think I, I think change just happens, cultural change happens. But what we're seeing in America, in communities like Roswell and, and smaller communities, is the hollowing out of of the, the the lives, the culture of people who live in these communities. Rural America, sparse America, really is dying off. And with events like this that breathe life into a community, that, that, that instill pride in a community, that may bring in outsiders to the community for an event, a unique event like this, uh, is, 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 is horrible. The, the Martin Heinrich approach, he's already grafted, I think, a year or two ago, how we're going to revive rural America and rural New Mexico with all infusions of billions of dollars. As a libertarian, I certainly don't support that. But my heart bleeds for these communities because I'm a rural guy myself and if you drive through Duncan, Arizona or you drive through Vaughn, New Mexico uh, or you drive through communities in the Texas Panhandle, I mean these are counties and municipalities where the kids tend to move away. You know, they just, these are communities where their population in the last 50 years or so has been cut in half or more. Eddie, you see these, I love to do road trips, you see these beautiful brick buildings like the old bank 
um, you know, the old savings and loan where every little old lady used to go once a week to do her banking. Uh, you know, I- interesting architecture, really well-built stuff that's still there, even though the people have left. Uh, we have to do what we can, I would say, short of subsidizing rural America yeah, to can. keep rural America alive. Uh, here's a, here's an event that was wildly popular in one of New Mexico's smaller communities and coronavirus wow. crackdown apparently has at least for these two years and maybe forever has killed it. And, uh, thanks again. Keep voting for people like MLG. Yep. That's exactly what uh, these people want. I think they want to cripple everything and be 100% uh, dependent. These people inevitably are down with the sickness and they never want it to leave. And that's where we're going to go with our music out uh, here, right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIV, com. Do you feel that? Oh, my gosh. This is Disturbed. There's a, another good song from Disturbed that you have to hear. Not an original, but uh, I played it here on the radio. I'll do that when we return. When we return, we'll also uh, get with uh, Mayor Keller buying votes, how he's doing it and uh, how he's incentivizing things. And we'll probably take the rest of the hour to go ahead and talk about that for the rest of the hour right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, Talk listeners, do you know what's on the Rock of Talk app? The Rock of Talk TV, Rock of Talk podcast, Rock of Talk news, weather, alarm, and more. Download it now at rockoftalk.com. Music is the great communicator on makeusgodlyagain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick me up. Makeusgodlyagain.com. Ready for some adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and cono covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy the safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with a purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Lining. Albuquerque-based Pluma Construction Systems provides a full suite of commercial construction services and residential remodeling. Pluma Construction is a service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. Visionary Tony Robbins said, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. Whether you are training to run a marathon, 
starting a new business, or training soldiers. You need to be committed to making that vision a reality. Set clear goals. Be determined and purposeful in achieving them. Back it all up with unshakable self-confidence. If you radiate enthusiasm and are truly excited about what you're doing, people will be naturally drawn to you. The other final ingredient is humility. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In the grand plan of life, if you are spiritually grounded, you will have success because you know who you are and that there is a God and you are not him. This Leadership Minute was brought to you by Pluma Construction Systems. To discuss your construction project, call 505-345-0755 or visit plucys.com. I'm Nancy Giblin, owner of Sugar Hollow, a boutique residential assisted living community in the historic Albuquerque Country Club neighborhood. Dedicated to exceptional care for your loved one, Sugar Hollow provides daily wellness activities that engage the mind, body, and spirit. Join us for Happy Hour Fridays, Sugar Hollow style, featuring local musicians playing tunes your loved ones will recognize and enjoy. Visit Sugar Hollow by calling 270-0801. Boutique style assisted living, 270-0801. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes... She owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting now, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left it seems while I was leaving And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Beneath the halo of a street lamp I turned my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were stained by the flash of a neon light That split the night 
here in the Kiva. That is Disturbed, the sound of silence. Never sounded better than uh, right there as far as I'm concerned. And I'm a big, huge uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, I just had to listen to that all the way through. That, that's good. Just let that guy go. The same guy who sings Down with the Sickness, Stout, is the same guy who sang that stuff. So pretty good. Quite stuff. a contrast. Yeah, quite the qu- contrast, quite the talent uh, at that. 431 uh, here in the Kiva. Let's get to all the things uh, I have forwarded the phones. You're welcome to go ahead and call in. 550-5500. Uh, Eddie just tuned in. Five Finger Death Punch. No, but I do like like Five Finger Death. I, they're great. They got a great political song that just came out this year as well. Love that. Five, you know what that? You know what the Five Finger Death Punch is, right? Do you know where that's from? Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Oh, oh man, the Kill Bill stuff is so good too. We played that. Uh, you know, we played the uh, a couple of the songs. Well, I mean, Eddie, uh, you, yep. you 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 know what Hollywood says is that white males um, we hate. <laughs> We hate all female leads yeah. and minorities. That's why, like, every white male I know loves the Kill Bill series where a woman is the hero and she's oh. a kung fu killer master. I would watch – I, I would leave right now and go watch Kill Bill. If it were <laughs> okay. Because we hate female characters. Right, mm. right. Sure yeah, Uma Thurman. What's, what's going on with her? Boy. Uh, what's, the, what's the dumb guy, uh, Ethan Hawke, who cheated on her? Boy. Talk about That's all kinds of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a happily married man if I had Uma in my life. <laughs> she's like six feet tall. She's got, I don't know, she's just, uh, you know, uh, she's she's amazing. She's amazing to look at, isn't she? 
can't uh, Eddie, that version does nothing for me. Oh, sorry, Steve. I apologize. We'll go back to, uh, you know, <laughs> a winter's day, many deep and dark December. Eddie, now that New Mexico's moneymaker, State Fair and the AIBF, are done, some of my acquaintances and I are expecting the tiny tyrant to shut us down again. That I think that might be the best reference to her, the tiny tyrant. Yeah. Yeah, get, it's also it. a scary but valid concern. Yeah, wow. it is. Yep. Yeah, good one there in the five oh five. Hi Eddie, we're making calls today for our campaign. I like that our our. I like that possessive owner. Buy in, buy in. Want to do? Yeah, buy in. Like we've got to save this together, folks. You and me and Dupree. Uh, that was a very funny movie, by the way. Speaking of, a woman told me she lives in Tennessee, Tennessee, and doesn't see the mask anywhere, and paying attention to our governor and all the problems in New Mexico. They were very sad to leave, but you went to the best state. Best state for growth? Oh, no, it's not Texas. <laughs> it's Tennessee, believe it or not. Uh, Tennessee is the place to go. Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sad to leave, and I talked to another person who was a farmer in the South Valley, and they're ready to leave because their land butts right up against a huge development, and they have nothing but trouble. Wow. Can we help them? Can What can we help them? I want to help them. Eddie, while the flu shot may add some immunity from the previous year's strains, if they guess right initially for about a week, it lowers immunity. More Delta is coming. That's uh, from our very uh, intelligent uh, listener. That's about all I can say about him. Uh, Eddie, I know you'll be one heck of a mayor, just what we need. I'm willing to help pass out and spread the word. Oh, there you go. Text me directly, and I'm going to do it. I'm looking forward to the meet and greet tomorrow. Thank you for running. Mac. We'll do this, and I will get back to everybody as I can. Uh, Eddie, 770 keeps putting some abortion thing on. It's supposed to be neutral, but I think it sure promotes that industry in the state. What the hell? Well, it is a very liberal state. Remember, they will not say my name at all. They will not say my name, say my name. They won't won't, won't even do it. Um, Eddie, well, that song did a lot for me. It just tells me that we have got to stand up and thank goodness for all the pilots, the Southwest pilots. Wow, if I could shake everyone in their hands, I would do it. You guys to start standing up. Well, somebody fill me in on what's happening with Southwest Airlines. They're canceling a lot of flights. I think 630 yesterday is what they yep. we have. Yep, uh, yep. They're walking out because of the mandatory vaccinations. Is that correct? Uh, they're the mainstream media, and I'm trying to make my right. way through this as a you Southwest flyer. Story, right? You can't get um, to the story. They will not report. Uh, yeah. You have to go to places like The Blaze, and I commend Glenn Beck for reporting the fact that a lot of whistleblowers are email. Uh, our friend Alex Berenson has gotten a bunch of emails saying we are uh, we're holding out. We 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 oppose the the vax mandate, and for the mainstream media to not even mention this to keep. Keep up with the spin of weather disruptions and air traffic control, technical glitches. Uh, clearly, there is an employee resistance here. Yeah, there may have been weather on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, we're moving into the middle of the week now, folks. Okay, something else is going on. Calculation swirls over possible sick out is what they're referring to. It two days ago published uh, Southwest, uh, Southwest Airlines, one of the most popular airlines, canceled 1,000 flights Sunday. Um, hard to believe. According to the write-up, after canceling 800 on Saturday, WAPO reported another 1,500 flights had been delayed. The airline claimed unusual delays caused by air traffic control and weather issues. Any other airlines experiencing those weather issues? They're they're all planes, right? They're all yeah. more or less operate in the air, mm-hmm. and then they're planes, right? ATC, air traffic control issues, disruptive weather have resulted in a high volume of cancellations throughout the weekend. While we work to recover our operation, we appreciate your patience as we accommodate. How do we know um, that that is uh, substantiated? Has it been substantiated anywhere? 
Let's see if uh, we'll be able to find it in Google. I guarantee someone who is a Southwest Airlines employee will be tipping us off uh, in just a moment, as always happens. We always get the good information. Uh, Southwest Airlines delays. Let's see, just see what comes up. It just straight up Google. We'll just do it. Uh, Southwest Airlines tries to return to normal, New York Times says. Some flight cancellations persist. Southwest Airlines faces fifth day of delays and cancellations. Fox Business. Issues with Southwest Airlines delays and cancellations appear to be subsiding. Hmm, what are they doing? Southwest cancels hundreds more flights. That's from AP. Southwest Airlines, like how many hundreds at uh, 137 out of 737, 800? Let's, uh, let's just do the math, shall we, Dowd? In terms of the canceled flights, that's a lot of angry people, um, especially as things open up. So there's about, what, 130 on a flight, correct? There's 130 people, roughly, yeah. uh, plus the seven crew. That gives us 137, you know, two pilots and a partridge and a pear tree. Uh, okay, so multiply the 137 times 600. No, that was the number. That's 82,200 people who didn't get to where they needed to be. That's not just something small. That's that, that that's a huge deal. And with the cancellations, they're going to have to refund those 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 bills, right? And I imagine mm-hmm. every one-way uh, ticket probably about what 285, 300 a clip, I would say, at 82,000. Let's just see what these it costs. Remember they buy uh, fuel futures, so 82200 multiply that by uh, 285 I said, right, for a one-way. Wow. That's $23.4 million in lost revenue immediately. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, not going to look good for the year. Uh, uh, check the stock if you would, Dowd. Um, uh, just quickly, the, the, the Alex Berenson uh, Southwest pilot who sent him an email, he asked him to obviously not identify himself, and he asked him to even rewrite or paraphrase the email. Uh, essentially, and this is why the union is not being public about this, of course, the company's not telling the truth. Essentially, the union cannot organize or even acknowledge the sick out because doing so would make it an illegal job action. Years ago, Southwest and its pilots had a rough negotiation, and the union would not even let the pilots internally discuss the possibility of working to rule, which would have slowed Southwest to a crawl. But at the moment, the pilots don't even have to talk to each other about what they're doing. The anger internally not just among pilots, but other Southwest workers, is enormous. The tough prior negotiations notwithstanding, Southwest has a history of decent labor relations, and workers believe the company should stand up for them and against the mandate. Telling pilots in particular to comply or face termination has backfired. Yep, there we go. So uh, this is exactly what you saw in the city of Albuquerque, uh, Bernalillo County, they don't even want to deal with that because they know that there's a majority of people and we've changed the conversation here locally. That would have been akin to that, right? So what they're doing and congratulations to the pilots and maybe the uh, flight attendants who are also helping uh, male and female uh, with those pilots, uh, but male and female as well. Um, so here we go on this bunch of people, uh, Eddie, God bless you. Keep up the good fight. Keep going. Uh, my buddy has a buddy who is a Southwest pilot it is a complete and total sick out. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, Eddie also stewards is called in. She was hundreds of them are supporting the pilots and doing the sick out uh, as well. Remember, they have to have they are FAA regulated. If they don't have the adequate number of flight attendants and the right flight crew, they yep. cannot leave. Like if they're one short and you'll see a delay like this and there's like, oh, we're waiting for our other flight attendant to come in from another place. They'll just stop. 
So stop right there. That flight will never be able to get off the ground until it has the proper number of flight attendants. Am I correct on this now? Uh, yeah, and in fact, I think that just like for truck drivers, which are interest, which is interstate commerce, and the feds regulate that. When I was flying back from Las Vegas, Nevada, when Mr. Aragon made me go on vacation a couple mo- months ago, he, he forced me to go on vacation. Um, they, they over the speakers, they came through and said our pilot, who was originally scheduled, had hit his limit for how many hours he could be working on a cycle or on a day, and so we're flying in a pilot from Phoenix, and that's why we're three yeah. hours late. Yep, there you go. That's uh, exactly what happens. Uh, Southwest Airlines pilot Jared just called in. Well over 50% of pilots object to the mandate internally. It is the perfect storm. Many senior pilots are willing to give up their jobs even and go fly for another service. I never imagined the the resistance that would initially manifest in this way. Is becoming well, we did it. We we did expect truckers right to do it. If anybody we expected to do it, we thought it was going to be the truckers. Is becoming quite clear, Eddie, how much power the pilots of all the airlines actually have. If they are in great numbers, the country the could come to a halt. I say, great, bring it on. We need a catalyst. Too much government overreach. This could all come to a head during the holidays. Yeah, that would be good, which could affect Thanksgiving plans. Just saying. When the rush show was on, they were asking pilots to call in and explain what was going on. 1600 AM. Something is up. Southwest Airlines has lit the fire. This could be the beginning of the end of this Marxist takeover. Who knew it would do? Well, um, and Eddie, also, there's, uh, if you just you go to any search engine and look up U.S. pilot pilot shortage. I think one of the reasons these these men, mostly overwhelmingly men, I'm sure some women, uh, they have bargaining power. They have leverage because we have been looking at pilot shortages for many many years. I just googled in, in the the uh, the trade press for you know blogs and and trade publications for aviation. They're all reporting just as recently as late September all these projections about well current and also projected future pilot shortages. Uh, if you want to beat up the pilots. It's not a good time to do that when we're facing a pilot shortage. That gives yeah. them power. Well, and they see that. And there's only you only need two of those bad boys uh, in the front of that to, to steer that ship. Uh, Eddie Beck, Clay, and Buck took calls this a.m. It is all vaccine related. They haven't had time to pay attention to this. Mark Size News keeps reporting BS on KKOB. Uh, KKOB, your local and national news, is progressively progressing from 75% BS to 95% BS. Great job. <laughs> That's funny, uh, Eddie. For all those stranded, the airlines have to put up with those folks into hotels as well. So there's an additional cost. Is that true? That's never happened to me, so I wouldn't have any idea. I was held overnight one <clears> night in, in Houston, and they had to put me up in a hotel. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Eddie, I sent in my religious exemption yesterday. Now I wait for the response. The, re- the response is going to be definitively you're going to need to find it. Uh, they're going to put you on uh, leave without pay. Is what's gonna, that's the response is leave without pay. I'm hearing from SNL, Lanel, all over the place. And it's all the same thing. They're going to give you extended leave without pay until you abide by their rules to do it. And there's uh, class action lawsuits that are being, um, yes, I'll get that done. Uh, Let's see. Southwest CEO says he's against vaccine mandates, blames Biden. Could this be true from the New York Post? Look that up. 550-5500. Caller, you're in the queue. Go ahead. Hey, Eddie, it's Rebecca. I could not resist myself calling on this topic because I actually have been doing a lot of reading on it. And there are so many things to this. Like, for starters, the, when, they, when they use the excuse of weather and air traffic control for these cancellations, that is just total nonsense. Because, as you know, I'm a pilot myself, and I also worked at the air traffic control center for quite some time. So the 
First of all, the air traffic control center is quadruple redundancy. Um, chances of it going down is pretty close to zero. And these, the, with the weather, these big airplanes, they can take off in almost anything. I mean, it, short of a massive snowstorm, a storm that, that completely freezes over the runways, they, they can fly almost any time. So those two excuses are absolute nonsense. And not only that, but I've been doing a lot of reading on a lot of, there have been several pilots that have dropped dead, uh, in flight and the co-pilot has had to land the plane. And not only that, did you but read that somewhere, Rebecca? Of, did, wait, wait, hold up. Did you read that somewhere? I'd like yes. to, uh, cause I only heard of a rumored Delta pilot who dropped dead. But you said yeah, several. Yeah, I read about that one day. But there were some also some British Airlines pilots that dropped. Oh as well. yeah, that was uh, that was uh, back uh, what five six months ago, Dowd? I think when we yeah, I think so. Yep, yep. yep. Now I've also been reading a lot of stories about a lot of uh, pilots and actually uh, crew members that have been getting sick and have not been showing up. But here's an interesting thing to think about. We're going to have to look and see what this looks like in a few months. Pilots have to be very, very healthy or they lose their medical certification, which means essentially their pilot certificate is no longer valid. So, and they've got to go through a medical every six months. If this shot is making them sick and they're having like a heart problem or, or any kind of problem like that, they will get decertified and they will no longer be able to fly. Good stuff. All right. I appreciate that, Rebecca. Thanks for uh, calling in this afternoon. Yeah, it is uh, kind of crazy. So it reminds me of that, uh, that one scene uh, from that one movie that nobody ever talks about anymore, but is, <laughs> you know, exactly where I am going. Why does everything end up on this particular show end up going to this ridiculous movie? Well, you might remember this from uh, back in the day, 1980. Dr. Rumick, Mr. Hammond ate fish, and Randy said there are five more kids, and they all had fish, too. And the co-pilot had fish. What did the navigator have? He had fish. All right. Now we know what we're up against. Every passenger <laughs> in this plane will have fish for dinner. We'll become violently ill in the next half hour. This is how serious is it, Doctor? Extremely serious. It starts with a slight fever, dryness of the throat. The virus penetrates red blood cells. The victim becomes dizzy. Because of experience an itching, a rash. From there, the poison goes to work on the central nervous system, causing severe muscle spasms, followed by the inevitable drooling. What? At this point, the entire digestive system collapses, accompanied by uncontrollable flatulence, until finally the poor bastard is reduced to a quivering, wasted piece of jelly. <laughs> They just don't make them like they used to. They're down. Surely you must be joking, doctor. I never kid. And don't call me Shirley. Uh, Delta Uh, pilot dies mid-flight. Just had his jab two days ago. This uh, from called uh, liveactioneating.com. The uh, Trevis Dampier Ministries, God bless you all, hoping my food blog site will be the last removed. And here it is. This is from Trevis, T-R-E, Dowd. We gotta we gotta cite the source. Trevis Dampier Sr. Sue Peters and Dr. Jane Ruby discussed Delta Pilot dying mid flight after a second day of taking the jab. She also goes over whistleblower allegations of many airplane staff not returning to work after the jab. EMTs being sent to flight attendants' rooms after flights and more tragic events 
taking place among flight staff after Sting. They discussed Southwest Airline issues because of walkouts and vaccine mandate refusals of pilots and airline staff as well. The Mark of the Beast system is real in here. Oh, there it is. So, uh, I don't know. You guys can go to liveactioneating.com, I guess, and uh, find out more about it. So, we did give you the source, and I'm not claiming one way or the other, but uh, just to be absolutely fair to uh, our guys out there. Well, I wanted to get to Tim Tim Keller. Tim Keller. <laughs> oh, we'll get to uh, Eddie, just to confirm that the texter, the CEO of Southwest has, has indeed, it's been reported. Uh, he was on CNBC, and this was reported in the New York Post. I guess he's trying to thread the needle. Uh, basically, he's saying, I'm not uh, in favor. Uh, I've never been in favor of that. Uh, his employees, quote, have very strong views on both sides of the issue. But, quote, the executive order from President Biden mandates that all federal employees and their federal contractors, which covers all the major airlines, uh, have to have a mandate vaccine in place by December 8th. So we're working through that. Uh, he's trying to dodge it at the end by saying if they can't get vaccinated, we're urging them to seek an accommodation either for medical or religious reasons. The objective here, obviously, is to improve health and safety, not for people to lose their jobs. So he's trying to he's trying to walk the middle ground, of course. Well, at twenty five million dollars a day lost, um, certainly not good. But uh, there you go. All right. Back after uh, the uh, quick break and then we'll go ahead and. Oh, little little Bill uh, Kill Bill music there for uh, D.W. Muska on the way out. Love it. The sadness, if you will. 450 back and forth. When he was six, we rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. I hit the ground. Bang, bang. That awful sound. Bang, bang, my baby shot me down. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. 2020 has impacted so many things, one of which is how we live in our home, how we work from home, do school from home, even how we have meals, social connecting, and enjoying entertainment in our home. This is Tracy Venturi of Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. Every year, 10% of homeowners sell their home. For 2021, it's estimated that the number will be even higher. For many, the plan to move in the past year was derailed or postponed, and many more have recognized the need for a different home for how they live now. You may not be ready to sell your home yet, but at some point, you're curious about how much your home is worth. Don't trust an automated online estimate to know the value of what is most likely your most important asset, especially in today's fast-moving market. Call us, the number one Keller Williams real estate group in New Mexico, your neighborhood expert. And when you do decide to sell, don't leave money on the table. You can choose the number one real estate team that will get you premium marketing and maximum value. Call today, 448-8888, or visit us online at welcomehomeabq.com. 
This is Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we also have over 100 lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home, software development firms, engineering firm, plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856 856-1171, or you can email him directly, michael at michaeltrujillo.com. That's michael at michaeltrujillo.com. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We focus on construction, onshore energy, defense contractors, healthcare, professional liability, and a variety of other industries. Call us today at 883-3683-883-3683. Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face-to-face, you will receive quick response times, and all loans are processed here locally. And you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. All of our employees live here, and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy, and if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers, and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market, so contact us today. On the net at indigomortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS, 188-348. begins at the restaurant, which is an epic, epic is slaughter fest. Epic, no. <laughs> Does they say, give me some, what does he say, play, give me some lovin', or what does he play during that whole, the slaughter oh, scene? Yeah. No, 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 nobody. No, 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 nobody did the flavor like I'd like. <laughs> and the last one is a 12-year-old kid, and she spanks yeah. him and sends him home. <laughs> oh, your mommy. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, so what we're going to talk about during our uh, hour number two is the votes that are being bought uh, by young Tim Keller. Uh, he did shave his goatee. Uh, he's he's less tough with that. I wonder why uh, he looks. Uh, anyway, it's just kind of interesting. 
that uh, he's going to be talking about the biopark. He's got the city looking to fill vacant positions. Uh, the hiring uh, for the planning department. You see all the promo stuff for one Albuquerque. You know, hurry up. God's coming. Looks busy. He rolled out his, uh, what, else, what else did he do? He's rolled out his crime plan after all this time. Oh, yeah. Renovations yeah. at the chemo. At the chemo. It's a long it's, list. <laughs> it's an onslaught of election fan. I mean, not only does he have the money that he gets from the public, but he also gets to go ahead and uh, create all these initiatives. A new home repair program. I, I don't know that you could do that. Uh, we'll talk about the rail yards that he's going to do. We're going to race through all this stuff. Uh, the U.S. Conference of Mayors announces winners of police reforms. Guess who's involved in that? How much? Guess who? <laughs> Guess how much money it costs? Who wants to pay? Right. And then uh, the uh, Bloomberg gun grabbing group. Is that uh, Mother's Demand Action or? I believe so. Is that yeah. moms or mothers? Are, are they very particular about that? I'm wondering about that. Mm-hmm. Do they want to be take all gun moms? grabbers? Yeah. Moms yeah. demand action. Ooh. Yeah. And we'll talk about. Uh, Some moms uh, believe in the Second Amendment. <laughs> yes, they do. They're the ones that. Uh, uh, you know, speaking of all those uh, Tarantino films, uh, the one where he has Jackie Brown and the women who are like firing the machine guns, right? Very attractive. I think that's very quite attractive. Just a little, little something out there uh, for all of you. Okay, folks, very quickly as I rifle down all this stuff, you guys can uh, come pick up whatever you like. The swag for the um, campaign is going to be here at the radio station. Uh, one, because the last three weeks, and I'm very, very, very busy. Very busy week uh, overall. I think I have two events tonight after this whole thing, uh, in addition to the debate that we had earlier, which is a lot of fun. You see our billboards. You'll see us on the electronic billboards. So all that stuff is is all out there. So you guys have to uh, check out where we are. We appreciate uh, all the support. Um, the numbers uh, rolled in pretty good. I'll give you the breakdown for the calls at the kickoff next hour. And then we'll uh, cut directly into uh, Tim Keller and all the things that he's doing to try and get himself reelected. I mean, really, folks? Really? Um, you guys are going to enjoy that debate on Thursday night. I think I would, I enjoyed it. I was the only one not reading. So <laughs> we'll just go ahead and put it that way. Thinking and speaking, not reading. <laughs> well, I, had to, I, was, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out where I was getting more crap from, from, from Tim Keller over here or, or Manny over here. It was just like way too much. Down. It just, I hope yeah. Shelly treated you well, though. I know you like Shelly. Oh, you know, you know me and Shelly. <laughs> we are absolutely tight. All right, back after a quick break. Right here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. One of the best bands of the 90s. It's Blur. KIVA Albuquerque.
Governor Dr. Brent Blue on Tuesday announced that Gabby Petito's cause of death was strangulation. Dr. Blue discussing the autopsy. This autopsy uh, included a whole body CAT scan, uh, a examination by a forensic uh, pathologist, an examination by a forensic uh, anthropologist, uh, and uh, toxicology uh, uh, evaluation. The autopsy also shows that Petito died three to four weeks before her body was found. A new survey says the pandemic is forcing many Americans to change when they plan to retire. Northwestern Mutual Fund found that number to be 35%. Most of those surveyed said they'll retire later than planned, while some will step away from their job even earlier than expected. USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. Each policy points and availability vary by state. President Biden wants to give what some believe is unprecedented power to the IRS. Republicans are sounding the alarm over a proposed tucked inside the Democrats $3.5 trillion Build Back Better Act that would expand the Internal Revenue Service and allow the agency to have access to any bank transaction of $600 or more. The proposal would give the IRS further access to anyone's financial information, which Republicans say amounts to federal overreach, Senator Rick Scott, Republican of Florida, said October 7th from the Senate floor, how can you possibly justify to the American people that the IRS should be snooping around in their bank, retirement, or investment accounts? There's only one explanation. The Democrats want to control how you spend your money. Brad Bernards reporting from our USA Radio News West Texas News Bureau. The second longest winning streak on Jeopardy came to an end Monday night after a Yale grad student ended his run with 38 straight wins. USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroos. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top ten most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download at iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. The supply chain in America is not working properly, and it's causing disruptions all across the country. Just over a week ago, a major oil spill in Southern California brought to light the amount of cargo ships parked off the Long Beach, Los Angeles port waiting to unload their goods. The president of the Florida Ports Council, Michael Rubin on Fox News, has a remember when uh, system worked. We used to have bipartisan uh, transportation bills that passed out of Congress. Um, been a while for that. I can remember uh, Congressman Dan Webster actually standing beside 
uh, Congressman Alistair Hastings, you know, pretty much the yin and yang of uh, Republican and Democrats passing out uh, substantial transportation bills. Um, and we're not there. USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. A father in Columbus, Ohio, is starting to drive his kids to school in a limo amid a rise in bus driver shortages across the United States. Sean Rogers, Jr. talks about a potential future limo service on Fox News. I have some plans in the future, uh, but right now my plans ain't, you know, okay. starting them my own limo service. <laughs> so right now I'm, my main focus is, is these kids, getting these kids to school. Yeah. Once I get that, you know, then we'll just, I'll, I'll see what, what's the next step after that. There are around 560 bus drivers currently employed in Columbus, according to the city schools. For USA Radio News. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, Roku TV, Amazon, Fire TV, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can download our apps for rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. Here, hour number two, just for you, it is D. Dowd Muska and I, and we're going to get through uh, Tim Keller's Big city, city push, you know. I'll tell you one of the things that he should probably do is he probably should increase uh, the broadband. Uh, he, uh, he was a little Max Hedrum-y uh, this morning. <laughs> I don't remember that Max Hedrum. Does anybody know what, are we speaking to a weird generation? Uh, does anybody understand who, uh, uh, remember all that stuff? Very cool show on ABC in the late 80s. Very cool. Uh, what did it last? It lasted like uh, two seconds, right? I mean, yeah. It was, yeah. It was uh, here. Here's a little bit of Max Hedrum. This is literally what Tim Keller sounded like. Hopefully they can uh, figure out a way to put Humpty Dumpty back together again on all this, because um, it was it was it was. And it was just cracking. And that's that's not good. This is why we all need to be in the room. But uh, um, in one place, we will be there. Uh, KOB Channel 4 will have us all in studio. So that's kind of cool. This is uh, just a little bit of Max Hedrum. What he sounded like television. There's more. Because you are going to see it as well. Yes, it. Yes, it. Yes. Namely, the Max Hedrum Strand story. <gasps> and afterwards, that is directly following, I want to talk to you about something even bigger. Namely, my, my Max Hedrum. So, sit back. <laughs> Relax. Boy, is a uh, wiggy, right? Uh, get wiggy with it uh, pretty bad there. All right, so let's get to all of uh, Tim Keller's uh, approaches to... Uh, get you to do it and uh tim is welcome to uh, equal time on the radio station as is uh manny gonzalez you know so they have all of that stuff if you want to uh jump in 550 5500 they could also call in anytime they of course won't but it's there uh they're just going to compete the big boy bucks they're going to be tossing and sparring and just fighting with each other uh, that's what it's going to be it's just going to be a giant fight for no reason the city could never be in bigger crisis than it is right now and what we're experiencing, and we've got literally just fighting about nothing, about nothing, and just a, a lovers, a lovers quarrel, lovers spat there, uh, D. Dowd Muska. Uh, you know, a city in crisis, and we're pointing fingers, and they couldn't help but kind of go back and forth between all this. So didn't like that at all. But uh, they're, they're very good, the two of them, at spending large amounts of money and attacking each other, and devoting very little attention to the severe problems this community faces. Severe. I don't know that people understand like, like how serious the situation. You could stay up all night, get up early in the morning, go all the, the work will never get done, ever. Okay, 
And it has to be focused, has to be direct. You got to know the five things. We talk about them all the time. City, crime, COVID, commerce, and corruption, which is my number one. So we got to focus on, and I've got a pretty good handle on how to attack uh, all this stuff. But let's get into uh, what's what's happening to sort of convince you here. The city is working to make the biopark more accessible. This coming from the Kirky KRQE. It's been a priority for years, they say, making the Albuquerque Biopark more accessible for low-income families. Now, after conducting a months-long study, why are there so many studies about this and not just about everything else that actually counts? And looking at what the other cities have done, they have a few options. The city says a lot of families living can't afford to visit the bio. That's really the big problem. I don't know about you, Dowd, but the big problem is the number of people. So just like bus fares, excuse me, they were probably going to want to make the biopark free as well. Probably not the way to go here, kids. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Lower income families could soon get a big break at the biopark, getting in at discounted rate or maybe even free. Nothing sells better than, you guessed it, free. For a family of four or five, you're looking at 40 to $50 to get through the gates. How about just making sure that people have places where they can go to work, they can get an income, and businesses want to invest here in broadening that, and then say, you know what, 40 or 50 bucks for all of us to go to the biopark? Not a bad way to spend five, six hours hanging out at the biopark, which is amazing. Did you also know that you can get an annual pass at the biopark for an entire family. I think it's 135 and you get to go as many times as you want. Judge unlimited. unlimited. Yeah. 135 spread that over how many times. And you know, you get to hang out with the, with the gorillas and uh, the, uh, the chimps and the cheetahs and all the, all the families that are out there and the, uh, or, or, and the, uh, you get to play with all of them out there. It's free, free. If you go as many times, right. But, that's not happening. These family passes are very affordable, and you should absolutely take advantage of them. But I don't know that this is something uh, – is it going to move move the needle, you think, as far as votes, uh, D-Dow? Well, I mean, we got a long list. This is just the, the first item. But, you know, yeah. when, I, when I noticed this, I, I thought about a bill, and, and it, we're sort of seeing this bleed in at the edges from the left because it's not enough that we have means-tested welfare programs for – people of low income. And frankly, you know, even as a libertarian, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't have a blanket opposition uh, to these types of programs provided there's accountability, there's time limits, they're done at the local level, something is demanded of these people, it's not just free money. But what we've seen in the last couple of years, and this, this bill that was drafted that did not pass, it was either last session or the session before was, if you are, a, if you can prove you're low income, you're going to pay a lower electricity rate. Sure. So now it's, were the prices are different for you if you're low income and that's something that's fairly new with the progressives and we've got to really really keep our eyes on this uh and eddie i think you you came at it exactly the way i did which was instead of give more people free you know quote unquote free stuff how about empower them with better lives and better incomes and lower taxes so they can afford other stuff well i think the other thing too i think that's important uh, to realize here is there's a mechanism at play we are changing the rewards in the marketplace. So anytime you offer the same product to two different people uh, for two different prices, uh, you are inserting something we refer to in, our, in, in economics called uh, the artificial hand. Once the artificial hand has entered and these people are conditioned, you no longer have what are called rational actors. And right. it creates bad behavior. It creates pockets and pools of inefficiency. And then it breaks down everything. It's sort of like sticking... 
uh, you know, you're, it calls for a certain type of oil and you put the wrong type of oil in your car. And you're like, oh, my God, I put TW30 instead of TW40 uh, in the car. I was like, oh, well, that's no big deal. Oil is oil. What the? Oh, and then you realize by sticking the wrong oil in there, the engine doesn't work anymore over time, right? Because it doesn't have uh, the appropriate way. And, and uh, the appropriate way is to have an open market. What do they sell to the voters? What do they sell to the taxpayers? What do they sell to the public? Well, they said, we're going to issue a bond. Here's the bond. This is how much it is. It's going to go towards the biopark. This is a debt we have to pay. And uh, we're going to be able to enjoy it at a seemingly discounted rate for a world-class zoo. And you'd say, okay, that's something I can get behind. We need a zoo. I like the zoo. I'd like to have something for the entire community where we could all come together. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. And like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. And everyone's like shaking their heads. And then all of a sudden, people have amnesia or an election comes in. And then people are like, uh, oh, did we pay for that? Uh, you know what? Let's just make it free for everybody. Meanwhile, the bond hasn't been satisfied, the tax. People aren't paying into it. You have two different prices, and all of a sudden we have to look at, oh, well, I guess we're not paying it because we want someone wanted to go ahead and run for office and give away something for free. And that's not what we got sold when this was originally intended. Uh, how come the uh, p- p- particular people who are running the city of Albuquerque don't want to remind us that the deal that the public signed in for? And then you have, right, everyone has skin in the game. These are people who are shareholders and all this. The shareholders lose faith. And then the next time you have a bond, say for like, I don't know, maybe a stadium, people are less, they're more reluctant and less apt to get a hold of that thing because you said, oh, well, you sold us a bill of goods. We paid this amount for the stadium or we paid this amount for the zoo. And now you want us to buy a stadium? Are you going to be giving away the stadium free? I made a very important point about the stadium. Remember, they're trying to drive it as an economic driver. Peter Travesiani has uh, spent something like $450,000 on this, okay, on the promotion of this. Mailers. Okay? Now, I don't know about debt to leverage on this, but Peter probably has a great relationship with a bank to go ahead and do this, and they got $450,000. And let's just play this until the end. Let's say he's going to probably spend another... I don't know, $350,000 as we head to the last three weeks for what he's doing. Let's say he spends $750,000 in promoting the stadium. I wonder, or uh, one annual payment for rent on the stadium, just to get this done. Okay, just listen to the, and, and it's important that you hear how I think about things. Okay, if I want to be your mayor, don't you want to know transparent, transparently, as I'm sitting here thinking about this stuff on my feet, What's going through my brain as I see Peter and his group, okay, and one of the guys, one of the guys in the group I'm particularly fond of, I went to high school with him and I like him a lot. His name is Jason Harrington. He owns HB Construction, okay? I've known the kid since he was, when we were, I don't know, eight, eight or nine years old, okay? Good guy. So I hear that they have $750,000. Let's just go ahead and do debt to leverage. I don't know. We'll do 5%. You throw 5% at it, we're going to leverage the rest because Peter has great credit and the rest of his team has great credit. And we're going to go ahead and see what we can get out of that. Well, you'd get $15 million. Can you imagine for a moment, imagine if you will, if he raised $2.25 million and got the $50 million loan on his own and he pays these absorbently, exceedingly low interest rates on that money that is borrowed where someone says, 
Hey, Peter and crew, you're a tremendously successful organization. There's no doubt you're going to fill up your stadiums, especially if you charge them this. Let's get you out, up, and on your way. Wouldn't that be better if he were to just go ahead and put a, and pony up $2.5 million? And I can guarantee you, knowing what we know about the developers, you know, Ben Spencer and uh, some of the other people, I think the Garcia groups are involved in that. Couldn't they come up with $2.5 million? These are rich people. These are people of wealth. Now, we shouldn't fault them for that wealth because we want people to do better. We want, you know, Jason and Ed and all these people to make more and more money, okay? But they're not making more and more money if they ha- or Peter have to go into more debt and create this debt so that that way they can say, well, we're going to stay committed to this. I'm smelling maybe they don't believe in their product as much as they say that they do. Because if they did, this would be a deal that we could walk away from. And as a business person, I'd say to each one of these men, I said, hey, let's go out, let's have lunch, let's figure out the ins and outs. I don't like your contract. I think it stinks uh, that you drafted up. We're not going to get paid upon this, and the city needs to satisfy ultimately what this debt is. Let's look at this from a commercial real estate standpoint, which I am from, and we'll say, here's how we can go ahead and uh, there's, a lot of, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of hair on the deal for us here. But uh, we need to go ahead and cut this up in the right way because ultimately it's going to be the taxpayers who are going to end up footing the bill for all this. So that's a long way to make this very important point that 70 to 75%, I think in every single election except for the mail-in election where these bonds are issued, you guys are like, or where the bonds on the ballot, you guys are like, yes, three out of four, you're saying you yes. But here we have something. We have buyer's remorse that's suddenly taking place. Okay, for a team that's been rammed down your throat and marketed in every grocery store, every mall, every any co-op, coffee, where, where are they, brewery, what what are they not co-opting in terms of their marketing? There's got to be lucrative enough deals for them and their organization for them to pull it out, own their own stadium, and they get to go ahead and play with with, with rules. And the 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 a very important point I also want to make is the question was asked of us in the debate: Would you? think that the stadium is going to be a good thing for the economic spillover of Albuquerque. I'm like, let's figure out the number of games on the New Mexico United um, uh, schedule. What do we got? 20 games. They're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think. Uh, Can you see USL uh, games for New Mexico United home? Okay. Remember, like you go through the entire year. Let's just count what what they've done so far. Uh, home at home, Dowd, you can do that while I continue talking here. Uh, sure. start, remember, uh, home is always on the bottom. I know you're not a sportsing guy, sportsing, sportsing. <laughs> um, but they have roughly 20 games. The take is going to be, I don't know, 7,000 seats with promotions on an average cost of this is what it's going to cost, and you're going to know pretty much what their take is minus concessions or plus concessions after the fact. Because just quickly, be, Eddie, uh, 28 sure. games they've played so far for this season, 28 games. Okay, so let's just cut that in half. We're going to say home at home with each of their opponents. So I'm about in the neighborhood. So the point I made is you can't say that there's going to be economic spillover because you have a stadium. I live downtown in Albuquerque. I live downtown in Phoenix, Arizona. That's not the way this stuff works. And this is a minor league team. So the the, the point to emphasize in all this is – how much and when are they going to draw those crowds uh, into their stadium? And then what do you do with the rest of the 335 days of the year? That's the, that's the key, right? 
What do you do with the, if you're spending that kind of money, if you were to spend the equal amounts of $50 million, you say, hey, we're going to go ahead and instead of buying the stadium, we're going to attract a bunch of businesses to downtown to go ahead and soak up the excess office space, or I'm going to spend, you know, $25 million on the cloud kitchen and get this done. That way we can go ahead and get our restaurants pushing this stuff out. And if I could get that done privately, I'd do it. I don't have the means to do it, but I'm sure we could do it. But the city of Albuquerque is going to make a hell of a lot more money on the cloud kitchen than they are from a stadium that they're going to uh, dole out. It just is the way that it works. It just feels big, but it's really not. Their last draw, I think, for their attendance was somewhere in the realm, uh, D-Dowd, of, what, 60, 6,500 in their attendance? Yeah, yeah. And I would say it was even sparsely uh, populated at that. So I think it's got a lot to prove. I don't think it's going to clear the ballot. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to do what we can to keep any professional sports team that we find uh, to be an addition. Uh, and, and by that, I mean successful addition. You know, um, Gladiators, they've won two championships. And I put it out there. With regard to, here we go. It says, uh, do your support issuing $50 million in gross receipts tax bonds for to fund a new multi-purpose soccer stadium? Well, to get gross receipts tax bonds, what are you going to do? You're going to have to have more businesses. The 500 jobs, like all this stuff is a ruse. It's a mirage. It, it doesn't actually exist, okay? And by the way, I mean, I don't even know that that's going to be put out. Uh, certainly, you know, Jason and his uh, wonderful company, HB Construction, which I think they've been recognized, if you own the team, wouldn't you expect to go ahead and develop your own stadium, Dow? Exactly. <laughs> wouldn't you want to have control over it, too? I mean, right. I, I, so, I mean, that just, it, it also focuses the point there. It says, uh, I said, if so, let's see, would you use that to approve the New Mexico United soccer stadium? If so, why is that the best use of $50 million? I said, no, no way. We don't have $50 million. Soccer team is not successful as a political arm of our current governor and mayor. The Senate Stadium is a great place to play football. And the Duke City Gladiators have won a championship. The United hasn't. And you know what? How about this for, for starters? How about you guys keep that 800 k uh, We'll basically uh, provide it. We keep the money on the concessions that you sell out, and uh, we're happy to go ahead and give you uh, the space to showcase it. And if you guys fill it up, uh, we'll, we'll work out a deal where you get the uh, percentage pop on each of the tickets that comes through so you can pay your expenses, and then we keep concessions. I mean, that, that's a good deal for starters. You see how we can do that? You see how I think about things? I don't know if that's the right way, but at least you know that that's how I think about that. And I think well, Eddie, I think what they always love to do is they set up this false choice, which is oh, we just lost out. Uh, you either vote for this heavily subsidized gallery, aquarium, you know, downtown redevelopment, or you hate your community and you're not a team player and you don't want to support the community. If it's, whether it's yeah. a fiscally conservative right. person or a libertarian person, we don't oppose any of these projects. Our issue is. Why are taxpayers oh, made it. to subsidize this? And frankly, Eddie, well, the, other, the, the article today where uh, Manny's gotten $300,000, you've got, you've got people in the community, okay, who have very deep pro uh, pockets. You've got attorneys. You've got developers. Uh, you've got a lot of government co federal contractors in Albuquerque. Uh, if you really want a community-driven stadium or a team or some cultural amenity – why aren't the local deep-pocketed people ponying that up instead of going out and making, you know, the average Joe or Jane at the point of a gun because you have to pay taxes fund this thing? I think it represents a real uh, – it just disappoints me that the so-called leaders of the community don't st step up for this kind of stuff. They want to make taxpayers cover it. Well, and they're the ones who are running it, but uh, let's not fault them for trying to run a business or trying to get away with not having to pay for it. I mean, that's what a smart businessman – is going to try and do, but uh, to run the ruse on the people and say, well, this is going to be 
good for the community, I think is dead wrong. It'd be the most expensive soccer stadium in all of the USL, which I don't know what that is, what, what USL exactly, for a league and organization that's only been in existence for 11 years. 11 years. Um, the question was asked of me, if the bond passes, what role should the community have in selecting a stadium location? Vote on what year they want to build it. Vote on what part of town they want it in. Vote on what they want the facility to be. Wait for them to win a championship and then build it. Okay? If this was a mayor organization and we had, I don't know, the Utah Jazz relocating to here, and it's a, a performance-based thing, and we know that the NBA is an official league, and it's like, we might issue a hell of a lot more money than that just to bring them over here for a $200 million facility. The chances of that happening, well, not good, because we don't have the incomes to support that. The box suites alone. If you aren't selling those box suites you are not making that even money because there's a lot of that that needs to be done. So you got to have corporate sponsorships where people are paying the annualized costs where they go in and split it four ways or they do it themselves. This is something where they want to showcase their city, bring in clients, grow their business. Uh, it needs to be thought of in that way. You know, we can't even, you might remember, and, and I think they spent on the renovations for the pit. I think uh, something to the tune was of $67 million down. You know, a lot of you probably forgot about all this, but the pit was a world-class facility and not because it had suites and everything, but because it was affordable, it was built in the late 60s. You looked at it and you're like, oh my God, that is the great pit. We played a, uh, a national championship game there in uh, by Slamma Jamma, Houston and NC State and Valvano losing his mind going berserkers on the floor of the pit. You remember all this stuff. And yeah, the thing that made that a quintessential place had nothing to do with it. It was the atmosphere, the loudest place to play in the entire country, the most feared, the most feared place to play. And then all of a sudden, someone got this idea. Well, we want to renovate it. We're going to go ahead and create box suites and bring all this stuff in. Well, what happened to, uh, you know, Joe Q Public out there who just wants to grab a beer and uh, pay $10 for a ducket and doesn't matter sitting if he wants to sit in the nosebleed and he'll be at every damn game, right? Like that, no, we got to look at this because we want to be like other cities. Albuquerque's not like other cities. We don't have to do these types of things. The people were going out for the New Mexico United when they were selling 13,000, 14,000. I think that's what they were doing. Were people who were going in because they were excited for the product to be there. They should have kept more of that, relied less on the marketing and the political angles. I think uh, Peter Gervesiani has done a disservice, a huge disservice by by, uh, turning his uh, sports team political. I don't think it behooves either... Uh, Jason or Ben or Ed for any of these, for Peter Travestiani to be continue to be the front. You know, if I were those three guys, I'd get rid of Travestiani no matter how much money they had. And I'd say, here's a product. It will work. Uh, soup to nuts. This is what it looks like. Here's how much money we make. This is the numbers we need to get to the door. Sure, we got great colors, you know, da 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 da. And uh, hey, maybe we can ask for a little bit of money. Why don't we go ahead and donate the land and the assemblage? for the New Mexico United, then they themselves can build their own stadium. Would they do it then? Damn right they would. Absolutely. All you have to do is look at the uh, the uh, University of Phoenix, uh, Arizona Cardinal Stadium, where I had season tickets for all of 12 years. If you look at that, that land was donated directly to Arizona, uh, the Arizona Cardinals organization. Now, Bill Bidwell and uh, now the Sun and their organization, I think they've had three Super Bowls over there now, which is, uh, truly, I think they spent when I moved my house to my house. Yes, I owned a house once. 
at the corner of 107th and Thomas in Avondale. The first thing I looked at, I was like, are the Cardinals going to be in? Because I love going to the football games. I love the NFL at the time. No more. I can't even watch the NFL. I can't. The the whole, uh, what is it? What All the stuff that they got going on. You watch the NFL today or any of that? They, they're ramping stuff up. You should see how ridiculous it is. It is absolutely ridiculous. They do a whole Baltimore's moving out, like all these types. Anyway, I digress. But I wanted to live next to that stadium. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for people who want to attend the games all the time. How do you make that happen? Okay. You make it affordable for them to get in. And if you're only spending half as much on the stadium instead of $2.2 billion on the Los Angeles Chargers Stadium and the Los Angeles Rams Stadium, you're getting people in all day. I guarantee if you're looking at a face value ticket of those Los Angeles, and I know a lot about this stuff because I've been around it a lot. And I went to a lot of Phoenix Suns games. A lot of Arizona uh, Diamondback games, a lot of, um, what was it? They, uh, they were the Phoenix Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals. You, those tickets get more and more expensive the more cost there is uh, to those uh, facilities. So we could figure out a way to find some land, some assemblage that's not going to get developed anyway, move the uh, planning and urban development uh, uh, department in the city of Albuquerque and say, let's get these approvals, let's get this done. Uh, they can go ahead and put up the money uh, for the stadium. So I think that's a more logical way to go about this. And it's something that we should probably consider because a lot of the land here in the city of Albuquerque isn't worth much. One, construction prices, very high. Okay, so you're not going to get it out of the ground. Approvals, two, take too long, and you're not going to be able to get there. I mean, with construction where it's at, uh, I don't think there's going to be a race to go ahead and get this out of the ground for probably a few years. It's going to be a hurry up and wait situation. Sure, we got it across the ballot, but... Are you going to see anything in 2022, 23, 24? At best, you'll see it in 24. At best. So think about that. Those are sunk costs that are already gone into it. So there's lots of ways to sort of skin this cat. And uh, I don't believe uh, issuing a public bond. This is a very long answer now. $50 million is the right way to go. 550, 500 color year in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, Eddie. Thanks. Uh yeah, I want to um, address something that you had just spoken about a little while ago, which was the uh, pilots. And I sent you a, uh, a video. Uh, it was from the Stu Peters show, and it was a interview also with Dr. Jane Ruby uh, exposing, uh, or I should say a whistleblower uh, came to them and exposed five pilot deaths with JetBlue, uh, ages 31 through 60. And that happened this year from February uh, of this year through May. And as you, I think, touched on, you and Dow touched on, is that pilots are, I think it's every six months, get, you know, uh, physicals, and they have to be in great shape. But they did not release this to the public, and in fact, they are not even releasing it to the people within the organization anymore. But it is all, you know, documented right there. I don't know if you... Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Well, I've got the... I didn't see the videos. Is this by email or did you uh, shoot this by... Yeah, a... I think it was email that I, I, I okay. sent it to you. I yeah, probably... it was from, I think... I, pro- I probably won't see this. I'm looking at Stu Peters. Uh, he's got an entire podcast. Right. Uh, his latest is Breaking Vax Delta Pilot Dead in Flight. Patents Proof Shots are final uh, from the variant. But I'm sure if I uh, wanted to go ahead and uh, search through the rest of this, I would definitely uh, find uh, the, you said JetBlue, and what were the other ones? It was it was JetBlue, and they also, I think they did talk about uh, United. I think it was also okay. United, something about United. But I, I, 
I can't remember. I just heard, you know, I was listening to you on the radio as I always do on my way home. Mm-hmm. And then I, I came back. The reason I, I sent it as well, cause I have a buddy whose son-in-law is a pilot and, okay. um, he ended up taking the, the vaccine and, uh, kind of regretting it. So, yeah. Uh, did, I, did you I, say I, why I, he I regretted it? Did you say why he regretted it? He, you know, uh, he didn't. I, I, I didn't want to push him. Uh, no, at, I understand. You know, at it's that a, point, it is a bit of an ordeal. So, yeah, we'll look into this. Thanks for uh, promoting that. Stew, S T U, not S T E W, not the food, but uh, right, <laughs> Stu Peters show, <laughs> and uh, you can uh, reference that with Jane Ruby. So, uh, always got to use little things to get people to remember things. What's your name, Colin? Stephen. Stephen. Yeah, I've sent you a lot of. Yeah, I've sent you a lot of. Uh, Things in the in the mail or text, and okay. uh, I'm the one that keeps calling the Albuquerque urinal. You know. Oh uh, well, there you go. That's that. That must be why yeah. I don't remember, right? Because I just love that newspaper. So <laughs> I'm only yeah, kidding. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, You're doing a phenomenal job, and we're all pulling for you. Yeah, I and we've got to we we we've got to turn this city around, and I, I can't think- understand why. Well, Anybody we, would vote for Keller. Well, we already are. We're turning it around because we're influencing policy and putting up information and ideas out there that are contrast. I mean, we are the counterculture. We are the ones who are providing the information. I mean, I'm so confident in what we're talking about and how we talk about things. Just realize that it just makes sense. But there's a large, big mountain that just doesn't want to be moved. and It's called the Democrat Party. And they have uh, insulated themselves from all public pressure every single time. Uh, that there is a, an election, uh, the media jumps on board with them and, you know, sort of phrases things as if they're the, the heroes, the champions. So we can't seem to get a fair shade. I'm not a shake. I can't, I'm not just doing it for this year, but also doing it to change the rest of the state. Hopefully we can find, you know, a, a good gubernatorial candidate, uh, great uh, people who want to run for the house for the Republican party. We've got to do what we can to go ahead and uh, flip this around. And I think there's a good opportunity for us to do it. And uh, we're starting right here in the mayoral city council. Don't forget. You can go to vote505, that's B-O-T-E, vote505.com, and uh, you can see a list of the candidates that you should be voting for, Steve. All right? No, absolutely. But, you know, you're speaking the truth, and, and that's it, it's not really counterculture per se, or I can't remember the phrase well, you just said. But not, not the way I, and you think, not the way that, 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 that you're thinking of, but we are the counterculture for here because everything, the counterculture used to be thought of, oh, we don't do what our mom and dad are telling us. Well, that was the people you know, uh, going bucking the church or bucking their family or bucking, you know, tradition. And now, you know, the tradition here in the state of New Mexico is uh, more along the lines of do everything the Democrat uh, Party tells you to do. No, no, that's right. How how do you overcome, though, the Dominion software that we know that's been around here since, what, 207 or 209? Steve, Steve, just vote. Just vote. Okay, (laughs) Just get out there and vote. Don't try to figure out the algorithms, the machines, or whatever. We just got to keep pushing. I I, I hate okay. addressing that because I am not a voter suppression guy. I just uh, everybody wants me to start talking about something I know nothing about, other than to say that I know Trump won the election. I know it's all a bunch of crap that uh, these people peddled and pushed out. We have to shut up about it. We can't snivel. We have to show up and vote. And uh, if they vote three times, if we, if they vote three times, we need to vote three times too. That's all I'm going to say. We got to match them vote for vote at least, and give ourselves a, I can't figure it out. Okay. That, that's my best, no. best guess, but I'll do everything I can to change it. And that, that's about all I can no, say. Well, you, yeah. And thank you so much. I mean, you're, you're just voice of reason out there and, 
and I, you know, more people just has to have to turn in, uh, tune into you and uh, realize what you're saying because you're speaking the truth. I'm trying to. And the truth will set you free. It will set. It will set something free. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right. hopefully, no more criminals. <laughs> I appreciate the phone call. So, Stu, Stu, Peter, you know, a lot of people uh, reference that uh, a lot of times with me. So, I appreciate uh, everybody always giving me their thoughts about who they like and all that kind of good stuff. Five thirty-six. Back and forth. We'll check in with Murder Mike and the crime of the last twenty-four hours. And Stella, we need to get back to work. We are working, Eva. Yeah, all this cleaning and sanitizing is hard work. You do it right like we do. Exactly, Stella. Especially while serving all the yummy Monroe's food with a smile. Behind the mask. And in a safe, sanitized place. Hey, Hey, Eva, Eva, we we want a raise. I'll give you two a raise. Go and raise the flag and get back to work. We are going to Monroe's in Heights and downtown. Directions at chili.theplaceilike.com. This is why people from all over go to JJ's Premier Tire and Services. This is Josefo from Santa Fe. I just blew a tire in my trailer. I was on my way to Albuquerque and I stopped at JJ's. So glad I did. The manager came over right away, quoted me an amazing price, and they had it in stock. No waiting. Within minutes, I had a new tire. Ready to go. I have a fleet of trucks and I've never received this kind of service from anybody. I'll be back. JJ's is your complete automotive repair center. From oil changes, brakes, alignment, air conditioning, to repairs on your engine to keep you safe on the road, JJ can do it. Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. And we can service any car, light truck, or SUV. When we service your vehicle, we'll do it right. Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Services on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. That's 821-5771. Ready for some adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with a purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Linings. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881-6863. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not... 
not only fast and reliable service, family owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. I need something sweet. Chocolate, vanilla, fudge with fruit, nuts, cream jelly, mouth-watering, tingling, sensational, and I need it right now. Not just from anywhere. It must be the Candy Lady in Old Town, and they'll even deliver. Check out the Candy Lady at CandyLady.com. ThePlaceILike.com. ThePlaceILike.com. Wow, it's great for locals. Awesome weekly deals, too. Tacos.ThePlaceILike.com. A great bakery? Cake.ThePlaceILike.com. ThePlaceILike.com. Bad credit? Need it fixed? At Credit Rescue, Inc., our services have been used by mortgage companies, banks, and auto dealerships to help people who have been turned down for credit. Don't spend the next 7 to 10 years as a victim of high interest. Remember, knowledge is power, and you now have a way to get back your credit worthiness. Bad credit can haunt people for years. Let's rescue your credit at Credit Rescue, Inc. Call me, Mike Ramos, to set up an appointment today at 505-899-1448. That's 899-1448. Music is the great communicator on MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to search somebody. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Maintaining your cutting equipment is essential to the longevity of your tools and the quality of your product. Whether you're a woodworking professional, metalworking professional, hobbyist, or you just need a new edge on your kitchen knives or gardening tools, trust the sharpening experts at Precision Sharpening to help keep your tools in excellent condition. 884-8229-884-8229. Don't get caught unprepared to defend yourself. I'm Keith Cope with VigilantFirearms.com. We provide calm, safe, and effective training for concealed carry or any other gun training classes. VigilantFirearms.com, 312-0065. 312-0065. Chris Napier here with Loan Depot. The Mortgage Guy. As you look for the best ways to provide and protect for your family, the structure of your loans is critical. Your mortgage payment and its terms could be behind the curve. Let's ensure that when you're buying or refinancing your home, you have the best total cost. Call me at 505-710-2499 and MLS number 330093. something like that. Oh, Dave Matthews. Like that's what Dave Matthews. Oh, Dave Matthews. I'm, I, I'm glad you guys had a great time and hopefully you guys uh, partied on. There was no masking and you know, you didn't have to wait uh, two hours in line for a 
beer or whatever it uh, was. Uh, so love to hear if you went to the concert last night, what it looked like. Was there spacing, social distancing? Did you see Tim Keller there with his wife and his family? Did you notice the little delay there? Did you like that, Dow? Did you like the little mm-hmm. delay? Mm-hmm. <coughs> <coughs> Terrible. <coughs> Murder Mike's here in the Kiva. No murders last night. Dave Matthews, right? No murders, no Ooh. shootings. As far as I know, no. He, no Dave uh, Matthews keeps the peace. There he is, Dave he is Matthews. The man. He, he really is. Dave, Dave is the man. Dave Matthews. I, is not I, dead I, or Dave. I was a fan of his for a long time. Oh, you know, stop! Uh, you don't have to hang with the cool kids, bro. It's fine. I know. Well, I know you I like the. To. I know you like the turtles. Imagine me and you. Oh, and the and the BGs and uh, cool in the game. Oh, stop! Carry, you know, You've or, never had a polyester suit and big flap pink, uh, you know, oh, shirt. You didn't do that, did? Were you disco? Yes, yes, I was. Yeah. I had platform shoes and I wore the polyester suit and I could get down. And I want to tell you, but that was another day. And uh, do a little and dance, a lot of drink later, make a little so. love, have fun tonight. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Well, there's uh, Murder Mike. All right, Murder Mike, you know, what's, what's going on? Nostalgia, you brought up, when you were bringing up the pit, that brought back a lot of good memories because uh, my father was the one that built the pit back in 62, 63. And when they built that pit, they built the roof over it. Right. And then, then they dug the hole, and they had to pull the dump trucks full of dirt out of the hole with cranes on each end. I used to go over there when I was about 12 or 13 and watch them do it. So, uh Special sentimental value there when they remodeled it and just oh well anyway. I think that wasn't the, wasn't the, the pit built like the pyramids at Giza just in reverse, right? I mean we just uh, uh, thousands of slaves, you know, dragging hundreds of uh, thousands of bricks and creating something like that. Wasn't is that the way your dad did it? Was he was, can he finally unveil how the pyramids uh, were built in Egypt based upon his construction at the at the pit? I uh, guess, but then uh, if he told you, then he'd have to kill you. So you know. <laughs> well, they always killed him. They even <laughs> killed the, uh, you know, the, the the prince kings at 13 years of age, uh, King Tut. But uh, anyway, we we're really digressing and riffing on a lot of things that maybe nobody wants to hear about. They just want to hear about your scanners and what people have been experiencing as far as crimes uh, here in Albuquerque in the last 24 hours. Let's uh, let's have it. Well, um, it was a lot quieter than it had been over the weekend. Uh, we did have one shooting, and that was about 12.57 this morning in a 2700 block of Spence Southeast. Minor shooting, 20, uh, shooting into the leg, non-life-threatening injuries. But other than that, uh, no other shootings were reported. We did have three residential burglaries, seven assaults, we did have one. This, this is kind of an unusual one. It was a, uh, an armed robbery, uh, sexual assault. So I guess the guy assaulted and raped a, a, a female and then, uh, and then robbed her. Uh, so they had one of those. Uh, there was eight shots fired calls, two suicide calls, four uh, intoxicated individuals, two uh, drug overdoses, and six domestic disturbance calls. So, uh, and, and reflecting from the weekend, this is a, a far cry down from the way it was over Saturday, Friday, and Sunday. So, uh, yeah, we'll take, you know, <laughs> we'll take them any, any way we can get them sometimes. You know what, Eddie? 
No, that's good. It was uh, you know, certainly a quieter night, and that's good. Uh, maybe Dave Matthews had a little something to do with it, but that's good. A rough weekend, but a better Monday, so we can only hope and pray uh, uh, for the safety of our officers, not to mention the safety of our public uh, that's out there. It's, I think it's so good, and for our public that's just becoming familiar with what we've been doing and how long we've been doing it, uh, Mike listens to the scanners all night long, okay? He's been doing it for a long time. He had a little bit of a hiatus, unfortunately, because Tim Keller pulled us off for a upgrade. We should we should get into that yeah. story. You know, I didn't have a, t- a chance to get into the corruption story, Dowd, uh, unfortunately, on the debate, but maybe that'll be at another time. So I'm going to have to start amplifying that stuff to get out there. It's an interesting little contract uh, about that that we I'm should. looking forward to your debate, Eddie. I know you're going to kill him. We, did, we, know, did, we did it. We did it today. But uh, let me just, if you don't mind me just introducing you and what you do. Uh, Murder Mike's been tracking everything from the beginning and all categorically. And it's not something where you can just go to crime mapping or things like that. Uh, he actually listens to the actual scanners themselves and what's what's being reported. So you're getting a bit of an organic feel because not everything is reported. Um, and then, of course, you can go to crime mapping and see that stuff uh, as well. And it's very important uh, for our public to feel safer, to get more transparency, and so that people are aware of what's uh, truly happening. And Mike's got a pulse on it. He stays up all night just listening to that. So I appreciate your service, and it's a service of this radio station, which uh, we are quite happy with uh, after the hiccups when you first started there, Murder Mike, uh, trying to get all yeah, There was a few. <laughs> yeah, it's you been did a good. I've was... been on the air, but, you know, I'm starting to get back in the swing of things. So there you go. So you did bring it up. You started back. Uh, we, we did talk about uh, construction for a new stadium. Uh, your father, I believe, uh, his company built the pit. If we're looking at the pit as history, wasn't it completed like in 67? My dad used to sell the magazines over there when he was 12, 13 years of age. He lived across the street over here, and I'm in walking distance in the pit and things like that. But I'd be interested to kind of get your perspective. I don't remember or know. I shouldn't say remember. I was dead. I wasn't alive yet. It was eight years later uh, before I was a gleam in my father's eyes, so to speak. So um, would you be behind uh, building a stadium uh, and with taxpayer money, a $50 million gross receipts tax bond for a minor league team? Categorically, uh, no, especially downtown. Before you put anything like that in the downtown area, you better clean up the downtown area first because if you put a stadium in there now, I mean, every weekend we have shootings down there, stabbings down there, fights in progress. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know what – what the media is trying to tell you, but downtown, uh, especially on the weekend, yeah. uh, it's another story. So that would be, I would, I would, uh, revamp the chemo theater, you know, make it more cultural. Like you were talking about, get people into the convention center and get rid of some of those bars that attract some of the bad elements and get them weeded out. Because, you know, I mean, I've heard it more than one, one, in fact, what was it? Sunday night, Somebody was driving down Central firing off automatic weapons just randomly. And uh, the police didn't even uh, release the video till today because they don't know who did it, and they were asking for the public's help. So, yeah. There it uh, is. Yeah. I appreciate that, Murder uh, Mike. It looks like uh, the uh, chief architect, Joe Boning, uh, and the Balin Company created a stress skin system, a 338 by 300-foot roof being constructed, uh, the playing surface uh, 37 feet below grade. And then uh, the pit opened on December 1st of 1966 against Abilene Christian College. And uh, the Lobos uh, won one for the home team, 62-53. And uh, there's been a tremendous amount of success that they had. You know the construction costs? 
you were to wait, 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 hold, wait, hold on, hold on, hold, Mike, Mike, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's built by Kale House Construction Company, you know, so uh, that was part of my dad. Um, but again, I would just go over there because I was fascinated with the fact that the cranes were pulling the dump trucks uh, full of dirt. They dug the hole after they put the roof in. So that was one of the architectural. It was the pit was way ahead of its time architecturally, and it was up to the construction company to make it happen, you know. And so there was some, uh, I mean, there were some hiccups in there, but they got it done. So uh, you know, it was, it was a, 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 a wonderful thing to hit Albuquerque for sure. Okay, so uh, it cost uh, 1.4 million dollars to build uh, way back in the day in 1966. In uh, real numbers, in 2021 numbers, that would be. Eleven point two million, and we want to issue a bond for fifty million for a stadium. Makes no sense. Thanks, uh, uh, Murder no, Mike. I, I appreciate I, I appreciate it very much for you uh, checking in this afternoon. See you tomorrow at uh, four five thirty. Uh, when you hear about those construction numbers, Dowd, um, it, it's, it's a no brainer to say no. It is. It is. It is. Like we just inform the entire audience out there that uh, if you look at the construction costs for a world famous. Uh, one where we've had national championships, uh, where we featured uh, things like, you know, the Gathering of Nations, uh, the Mariachi Espectacular, all these great things that happened uh, over the pit uh, over the years. Uh, I saw, do you want to know that I saw Luciano Pavarotti? Uh, I saw Luciano. I, t- I told you this, didn't I? I'm I sure so. I did. Yeah. It was his first performance. Look it up. It was his first performance after, after, and I went to the dinner, the soiree. We had the, we had we had the the dinner with El Maestro. El Maestro didn't stick around very long for the dinner. He was in the middle of uh, you know, sort of uh, getting with his new girlfriend uh, at the time or whatever. But this was post nine eleven. Yeah, and September twenty third, two thousand one. Yeah, it was for my sister's birthday. Um, so yeah, I went with her. Her and I we dressed to the nines. She's all I was in my tuxedo and she was in her dress. It was the time that I took I took my sister out on a date, right? <laughs> so to speak. You know, it was very cool. We. We hung out, and so her and I were going to dinner. We had a great time. My uh, my um, my aunt, uh, who isn't particularly fond of my politics, she's very leftist. She used to run KNME, which is the PBS station that's here. Her name is Shirley Casados. You might know her, but uh, she's the one who was very, very generous with uh, getting us the tickets and getting us the hookup, bro. Shirley, Pavarotti's coming into town. I want to go see him, no? You know, so we went to go see Pavarotti. And the people in front of me were kind of irritated because I knew all of the words to the, the songs that he was singing. <laughs> you would. Uh, you so, would. Well, I did because I did opera. You knew that, right? Yeah, cool. of, course, not, of course. Not Adam Sandler style, though. That was no, that was no, no, quite no. irritating. But, yeah, the whole uh, World Cup soccer scene got me really into, you know, they did that. They did that three different times, 90 in Rome, 94 in Los Angeles. And then uh, where did they do 98? Was it Paris? I think it was, yeah. So you had Jose Carreras. Jose, he was a little sick. But he was a great tenor, and these, all the guys are just screaming. Then you have Placido Domingo. Uh, I think the Placido is he, he has his hair, hands underneath the table, 24/7, working his uh, magic. Uh, I don't know if you know what happened to Placido. Uh, you might want to look it up, but uh, he has been banned from the Met, the Opera House, and Me, me and Too problem, or <laughs> oh, he has a huge Me Too problem. It's like uh, Me <sighs> Me 72 problem. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's not over. Hey, I'm the hey, I'm the great Placido Domingo. You know and you know, Pavarotti. Yeah, you, but all three. Starting to look like Mike. The Mike Pence rule makes more and more sense, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, Eddie, you were there on uh, September twenty third, two thousand one. Yes, that would be the point. Uh, Mr. Pavarotti said, "I am Pavarotti. not here in the best." 
moment of our life. That's right. But I think that life must go on, uh, even if I'm very touched by something like, obviously, what happened, what, 12 days earlier. And he planned to dedicate the Sunday night concert to the peace of the entire world. It was great. I, I think we need a little Nesundorma from Turando. No man shall no man shall sleep. Did you ever see that uh, uh, opera? Let's let's play. We'll do it from the '94 from Los Angeles. I think that was from the Doyer Stadium uh, out there. So we're gonna go to that. This is this is really something, folks. I mean, just they just played this Shirley Casados when she was the director. They would just play this and just watch uh, watch the dollar dollar bills y'all come on in. And uh, this is. From the great composer Puccini, we're going to blow right through the top of the hour, but actually we won't. It's uh, shorter than that. This isn't very long. I don't know what this sounds like on AM, but uh, here you go. It's a little bit uh, magical. Zupin Meta. He's still around. He's still conducting. If Alvarado will be first, it'll be Jose Carrera second, Plaza Domingo third.
This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Alarms are ignored, kill switches are easily detected and reconnected, RFIDs are hacked using a basic code grabber, and GPS tracking systems, well, they're good at locating your vehicle after it's been taken. Give us a call, 505-550-4994. GCNlive.com today. USA Radio News with Tim Burke. The president wants to make fundamental change in our economy, and he feels coming out of the pandemic is exactly the time to do that. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki speaking today at the White House. This as House Democrats have some critical decisions to make in the coming days regarding the president's agenda. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying she's disappointed regarding the Democratic infighting over the $3.5 trillion social spending bill. Three people are dead at a U.S. postal facility in Memphis, Tennessee. Officials say all three were employees of the facility, and the suspected shooter was among the dead. A spokesperson for the FBI noting the shooter died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The facility in the neighborhood of Orange Mound doesn't typically see any retail customers. Officials adding there is no active threat in the area. USA Radio News. It's a my pillow for the rest of your body. The my pillow mattress topper. You will sleep well. Check it out. Mypillow.com promo code USA or call 1-800-951-8175. Don't forget using my promo code USA will save you a bunch of money on anything on the my pillow website. Christmas is coming. Get ready. Mypillow.com promo code USA 1-800-951-8175. At the American Veterinary Medical Association Annual Convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org. Things are slowly returning to normal for Southwest Airlines. The CEO of Southwest Airlines is in the face of criticism, claiming problems over the past few days have not been caused by the company. Gary Kelly saying on CNBC it takes several days to catch up when an airline gets behind with delays and cancellations, which in this case it did because of weather problems and air traffic control issues, which he says began on Saturday morning. So by the end of the day, we had significant numbers of airplanes and crews that were totally out of position. Any aviation expert knows it just takes several days to get everything back aligned. Southwest did cancel over 2,000 flights between early Saturday and early today. Chris Barnes reporting from our USA Radio News Cape Cod News Bureau. And another down day on Wall Street at the closing bell. The Dow losing 117 points to close at 34,378. USA Radio News. 
Hi, I'm Wayne Alarouche. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top ten most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. Former President Trump is talking about the failings of the Democratic Party leadership. Former President Trump's rally in Iowa on Saturday drew a lot of people. David Amalati of Iowa News Now reported roughly 20,000 people were in attendance. After the rally, Newsmax caught up with 45 to discuss the direction America is taking under the Democrat leadership. The fact that he's just doing a terrible job as president, his phone numbers are low, but when you look at Afghanistan, that withdrawal was the most embarrassing thing in the history of our country, in my opinion. And then you look at the border where hundreds of thousands of people every couple of weeks are pouring into our country. We don't know who they are. We don't know, in most cases, where they even come from. It's a disgrace what's happened to our country. Then inflation and the economy and everything is bad. We've never had it like this. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill to ban the sale of gas-powered lawnmowers and leaf blowers by 2024. The new legislation requires all newly sold small motor equipment primarily used for landscaping be zero emission, essentially to be battery-operated or plug-in. The law will also require portable generators to be zero emission, despite concerns from critics who note that California often experiences blackouts during the wildfire season. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. commercial free with uh, you and me and a little bit of uh, D. Dowd Muska, one of my favorites. I remember that uh, song so much from Vanilla Sky, of course. Everyone, uh, well, if you know me, you know that that's one of my favorites. Uh, D. Dowd Muska, we still, we still got to power through. You got, th- I feel like we got through one topic. Is that the sun beaming into your into your 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 house there? The sunset? Oh, hold on. We we lost Dowd. We lost him. Mission control, mission control. There's Dowd. Yes, hello, 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 Houston. Uh, that is the reflection of the sun on a window on the other side of the apartment complex, but I really think it's a wonderful metaphor for the really the truth yeah. that I try to bring to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Eternal light shine upon thee, O Lord. 
Grant him peace. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. We just, uh, you know, it's really funny uh, to sit in the church and know the whole rosary. And uh, my, my uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tear up. I'm going to get uh, all worked up because they just play Salisbury Hill. And, and the lyric says, <laughs> Here, son, I'm glad to take you home. And I'm just thinking about my, my cousin, Randy. Um, believe it or not, we think that he was homeless at the end of his life, but the miracle phone call that came in, his uh, brother, who I'm very close with, and um, he uh, died at 57 years of age, um, and nobody claimed the body for more than um, almost two months, uh, from uh, about a month and a half, actually. So it's just an absolutely gorgeous dude, and there's a picture that was sitting at the front of the church that he had his uh, rosary of nativity, and we were like hugging each other, and it's like, my God, that guy could literally carry. He was so strong, pound for pound. But I was like as thin as thinner than he was thinner than I was, and he was like six five, and he had a he had a voice like lurch. You rang, you know. So like, and he had this big hearty laugh. So anyway, maybe maybe that song's for Randy today. All right, so we got. I, I love over. how the, uh, the 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 funeral home. My my last grandparent died in in twenty. 12, that's when I started thinking about moving to New Mexico, and my, my little nephew, who really didn't know his great-grandmother that much, the funeral homes now, and I really got to commend these people, they will do, on a big screen, if you send them photos, they will digitize, they will put the images up, I'm sure people who have video and film, you know, motion pictures can do that as well, and uh, she she was sent off, and he was really interested in looking at pictures of his uncle and his parents and his grandparents as young people with with his great grandmother. So it's, a, it's amazing uh, when you add history and context and how much uh, richer your life is, right, Doug? It is. And one day I found an old video that I would taken when I lived in Nevada in the late '90s, and he sat and watched that thing as a as a seven or eight year old, and he just wanted to know all about Uncle Dee Dee's life in Nevada. And I don't know why I just kept thinking, why why are you watching this? We we do have this. With the people we're close to, you know, we have that unbroken bond, that this sense of continuation. And I, I just marveled at that kid. You know, I kept saying, why aren't you off playing Legos? What are you looking at this old video of your uncle when he lived in Nevada? But he was fascinated. And we want to be part of something larger, our family or some spiritual life. I mean, it's just part of the human condition, whether you like it or not. It's there. Let me share something since we're talking about this. This isn't any reason to be morbid. I mean. Uh, sometimes you have to also understand here in the Rock of Talk, the show just happens. But I'm looking at the uh, death bill for a, a very avid listener who started off COVID uh, with me and then didn't finish. And she was being pressured, high pressured into taking the shot. And here's her, her certificate of death. You see it right there. You met Judith, right? I did. Yeah, Yeah, Judith was, uh, she's a former nun. She was, uh, she loved me. She would literally travel all the way from Glorietta to Bernalillo just to get my station. Uh, she didn't have internet on her phone. And I mean, she, she lived, uh, uh, very humbly. And remember when she came here last Christmas? Remember Christmas, I was going to say. Yeah. 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 So, and then she had a friend, uh, her name was, uh, Agnes and she also cares, uh, and Dr. William Summers. I love Dr. Summers. It's one of my favorite people and a wonderful woman by the name of Libby, um, Misner. Great, great last name. Misner, I think the Jewish. Uh, so I had um, some, I'm not sure if that is true, but I'm just guessing because I had a client with Misner and uh, they were Jewish. Best contractor I've ever met. He would not do, he would not do any, any business with Donald Trump. He gave me a Donald Trump story because this was in Vegas and I was looking out finding some industrial space for him uh, so he can build all his big industrial. He's one of the biggest, you could, the Misner companies out of Chicago, you know, 
And the guy would just walk around with his hands in his pockets. And it's like, you know, when you grow up and it's like all, you know, and, and he knew whether or not something would work. And he's the one who taught me about asphalt. He said, when you have trashy asphalt, it's the worst thing because you have to keep redoing it. The sure. worst thing that you could ever do is buy bad asphalt. Spend, spend the money, kid, on the asphalt because you don't want to have to keep replacing it, right? And what do we do? We buy the low compaction asphalt in three to five years. It's, you know, and we're rebuilding it. You got to spend the money on the asphalt. Don't go cheap. You can't just keep the city of Albuquerque working. Asphalt is meant to last like it does in many other places. Literally, I mean, it could it, it could last decades if it's the right type of asphalt. Anyway, I, I hugely digress in all of this, but um, our listener, Judith, passed away, uh, never married, was a nun, Judith A. Kimiak. Uh, she was Polish, and she loved her Polish. You know, the most Catholic country in the world. You know what it is? Poland! Absolutely. That's right. And, Absolutely. The, and the best hope of all time. Pope John Paul II, Polish. Uh, and we just celebrated yesterday General uh, Pulaski Memorial Day. General Pulaski came to the United States and fought for the American Revolution in the South and was killed in battle. Wow. Dropping so much, too many, too, many, too much knowledge bombs here. So she died July 16th of this year at 10.22 p.m. This is actually the first time I'm looking at this. Let me look her up real quick. She was, uh, she loved me. I think the, she, she, uh, I gave her, so she last time she texted me was July 13th at 6.45 p.m. These are all the things that, oh, let me read, let me read the last things that she said from her last week of her life. Is that morbid? I don't think it's morbid. I think it's a no, celebration. Of of like You want to hear about what people did. So she says, uh, this is Judith. Um, she died at 10.22 p.m. I, I don't think this is right. Born in Pevely, Missouri. Hopefully I got that right. Pevely, Pevely. Born February 27th, 1948. Um, let's see. Thank you to Direct Funeral Services for making this lane. Uh, she lived on the Sekia Lane uh, up, up there. And... Uh, they list the cause of death as, I can't say this, atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. I did it. Okay. And uh, other contributing factors uh, to all that. So thanks to Dr. Summers for paying her services. I'm going to help him out. Uh, okay. So it says, <clears throat> this is July 10th, 1138 AM. Eddie, I just realized that you probably didn't merely happen to mention the Virgin Islands right after my Virgin question yesterday. You're probably giving me the answer to my question. If so, thank you. <laughs> she she has these sort of cryptic things and where she's trying to constantly connect with me. Oh, this is interesting, right? Oh. Uh, here she is, uh, Saturday, July 10th at 3.23 p.m. She's giving me a total rundown. She kept copious notes, much like D. Dowd Muska, the Dow 3000, everyone. And you can subscribe directly at rockoftalk.com. She says, Judith says, Duck Show today was the best so far, I think. Every topic was duty. Every topic was heavy duty. Even the piperine discussion. I don't know. Serious enough that he's talking about adding it to the revitalizer. I like what you did at the beginning. You mentioned all the topics of the show, but touch upon. The two topics you brought in were a good stretch for the doctor and added to the serious nature of of the content. Love that doc and you met on the revitalizer rise in price head on. So glad that lady emailed in. She's like, you know, sort of like a staunch defender of the, the institution of the Kiva. Was she aware that she was not formally the program director for the Kiva? <laughs> she can be whatever she wants. She's whatever she wants. She's the sweetest lady. Very. She was like, sometimes she had a package for me and she'd drive around the office and like, can I come by and drop this package? I mean, you have to remember, folks, this was a nun. 
the Catholic nun, and she left the Catholic Church. She was very upset. And she, I, it's not a story that I'll share now. She says, I'll stop after this. This whole weekend lineup is very strong, Eddie. Jay Candelaria with the Oñate statue, Jeff Candelaria, and the Spanish founding family material were great and grounded. Thanks. I'm done. But she was always worried about taking too much of my time, you know, because I'm kind of weird that way. You know, I just, I'm kind of, got, I got really big boundaries sometimes. Alex Jones, Sunday at 624 p.m., July 11th. Alex Jones, it's strange experience. What he says is probably true. Permanent shutdown, food rationing, gas rationing, travel limited to 10 kilometers from home, unfriendly people knocking at my door, people disappearing, depopulation, me, powerless. I mean, that's like almost poetic, right? You know, you can see. And then she said at the end, come Lord Jesus. Super religious, this woman was. All right, Monday, July 12th. This is the week of her death. She is uh, to die um, that week. Uh, well, what was July 16th? Um, my father's birthday is right by that, but what was July 16th? What day of the week? For some July reason, the day. July 16th was a Friday. July 16th was a Friday. Art Laffer, Monday, July 12th, 10.02 a.m. Art Laffer, economist on Glenn Beck today. And a quote that made me think of you. Quote, whenever you fight with someone, you always lose. Better to work with them and persuade them. He's in his 80s. Sounds wise. Nine o'clock hour today. His economics sounded worth listening to. Even in the end, you did not end up agreeing with him. I mean, do you realize how incredibly rich like this woman is and her paying attention? Uh, she texts about four hours later, 210, the day before her death. I think she died on that Tuesday, not Friday. Wondering if the White House mayoral meeting today made a pitch for federalizing police departments. I don't know. Good question. 5 p.m. She was listening to my show on that Monday. You got to admit, yesterday's event was in the sense like an act out of God. It created out of nothing. I don't know what the event was, but uh, I don't know. There she goes, uh, 6 p.m. She keeps going. She sort of gets a little little manic here. She starts cranking it up. You know, she's, she's feeling it. She must have, the Rock of Talk must have been having a good show that day. It's a good stuff on leadership, Eddie. It was indeed a good broadcast. You are in peril, aren't you? This should explain my first text, which bombed. They used to say that a priest is ordained by a bishop, but that it takes an act of God to make a monsignor because they are created from nothing. Eddie, please take care of yourself. Let me see. So now she's she's up upstairs looking down on me. Okay, here we go. Nine thirteen p.m. She's I believe that this is twenty four hours from when her death. Okay, so this is Judith. First time I'm reading this stuff, but I think we should just to let you know like how important the radio is as a connector. In terms of reaching out, like on the other side of this microphone is your ear and your attention. You know, we have developed a relationship. You know, even if we don't know each other, you know that you know me and I know the situations that you're, you know, living through and all that, right? In a very topical way that we're all going through. <clears throat> so 9.13 uh, p.m. on that Monday. Eddie, I don't know your situation, but if you are on target with even half of what you've been investigating, probably time to get a bodyguard. Hearing is good, but it's not the same. Just a thought. You always give me something to pray for. Love you. And the next day, she says, 8.26 in the morning, regarding the Virgin Islands, are we talking about the British Virgin Islands or the British or the Virgin Islands of the United States? And then she texts me at 6.45 p.m. on Tuesday, July the 13th. And I would not be surprised if I was Judith's last text or person that she spoke to. And in fact, uh, her very best friend, who she worked with by the name of, and she's also Polish. You ever heard a, a Polish woman speak? 
It's uh no, really, it's a quite the accent. I really like it. And she says, "Look at that right there, Doug." She says, "Hi." That's it. And I yeah. imagine that she must have been uh, going through something at that time. So there you go. Just to let you know what the radio station means to people out there, I think it's important to understand, uh, you know, our place in the community, what we do, um, how we do it. You know, people constantly worry about Dowd. Oh, Dowd, is, it, is he okay? Is he coming back? <laughs> oh, Dowd, did you get rid of him? Like that's that's the number one thing people ask me when they disappear because they just think I'm just a, you know, I'm just breaking people all the time. Like, oh, it's your fault you got rid of them. You know, they always say that. But I'm like, ah, you're not in charge. Um, well, no, Eddie, you're really onto something with that relationship that's unlike, you know, the the the, the network anchor who you watch for 20 minutes at night. Oh, yeah. it's, it's very different with a radio audience. And I think one of the reasons is, and I don't think a lot of white-collar people get this, but I've lived a lot of my life in the agricultural sector, and if you're a traveling salesman, if you're in construction, if you're out in an orchard pruning apple trees, radio is kind of a lifeline for you. If, if yep. a, a lot of people who like to keep their minds stimulated when they may be doing something that's, you know, not maybe you're just driving long distances. Maybe you're cutting uh, apple tree branches. You know, you're, you're doing something that where you need something else to stimulate your your mind. And I, I know a lot of libertarians who don't like Rush Limbaugh because he was a neoconservative and we didn't agree on a whole bunch of issues. I for what, almost 30 years, Rush Limbaugh was in my life, a lot of my life, particularly when I was helping out on the family farm, and you build that relationship with someone, you almost feel like you know them, um, and, and it's uh, one of the greatest things I did, uh, I was doing some guest hosting in Connecticut, and my mother put out a little notebook for the customers uh, in, in the fall, who would come buy apples and cider, to write little notes for me, and it was just really touching to see those notes about, you know, we're, you're doing a great job this week, guest hosting. You know, we're so glad that you told us about the farm. We can come out and buy apples. And uh, the, the stories people would throw back at me, invariably, they were the stories I would tell about my nephew, about we're training him to take a shower instead of a bath. And last night I had my swimming trunks on and I was in the shower with him, helping him, you know, how, how to you know, work the shower head and the soap and everything. And people love those stories. Radio is, uh, in my view, it's and, and of course, podcasting is like radio. Uh, it's the superior medium, and there really is that human connection you make that you really can't make through other media. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's a relationship, and uh, we lost uh, Rush Limbaugh on uh, February 17th of this year, and it was a great loss for everybody. Everybody felt it. Uh, you feel it on the radio. Uh, the radio has been emptier without him. We were fortunate enough to carry the best of uh, Rush Limbaugh before going into Clay and Buck. So. Uh, just a really important thing. And, you know, I miss Judith, but I know she's right here next to me uh, doing every single show. Believe it or not, she is right here getting after me, talking to me about things. And, uh, you know, she's one of the very many voices in my head. And and uh, I mean that in the healthiest way uh, possible. OK, 550-5500. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, it's me, Mike. Uh, Michael. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was real. Where the hell have you? Just, where uh, the hell have you been? Hey, I, I went back to work. Uh, oh, oh wow! Oh wow! Don't have time to call. Good for you, Michael. Where are you working at these days? How are you feeling? You cashing? You cashing the little do re mi? What's happening out there? Oh, it was my. Uh, uh, it was a neurologist that finally nailed what was wrong with me. I had. Uh, 
the nerve, my nerve endings in my back that go deep were inflamed, and it took a bunch of therapy to finally cure it. By the time the neurologist told me what was wrong with me, it was time to go back to work because uh, all that, all that physical therapy, water therapy, all that, it did its job, and I, I'm back at work. So I listen to you once in a while, but I have no time to to call in and. Uh, well, anyway, I went to school at Amos for eight years. They're Catholic, the Catholic school, and it was a Franciscan nun. There was there was a couple of German nuns that were there that were that, that everybody loved, and 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 also I went to school at St. Catherine's in Santa Fe, which were sisters of the Blessed Sacrament, and there was there were some nuns there too that really. That really uh, made life. Uh, you right? You don't you don't realize what they do to you and, and aiming in, in after hours and whatnot until like now you 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 know that they shaped you for who you are. Like you know, it's just it's moving. You know, it's like it's like it's like God. It's like a hand of God just uh, in your life. Uh, by the way, we're having a little bit. Uh, hopefully, we can hear us. Uh, let's see. See what's going on, Michael. Uh, stay right there. Let me just double check, make sure you can hear. Yeah, I'd uh, keep going right. with Michael for a second. I might have you repeat everything that you just said, Michael. I'm getting some. Yeah, someone just took us offline here. Oh my! <laughs> Maybe, yeah, the wind. Maybe it was the win. Uh, we'll see. Let me uh, let me double check real quick. Uh, we are live on RockOfTalk.tv, but uh, as we were getting into this, hold on one second. You want to keep talking, Dad, so I can do it. Okay. <laughs> Michael, uh, you're, you're back at work. Uh, tell us about that. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm back at work because uh, I drive shitty buses. I've been driving for 42, 42 and a half years. I retired once from the city, and after that, I went to uh, I went looking for a job. Nobody was hiring at the time. This was back in uh, uh, June. Oh, I, I retired uh, uh, Christmas '04. Then it took me five months to get back to my job. I was driving again because nobody was hiring. So I've been back over, over 16 years, 42 years and a half total time. And uh, the story you uh, told earlier about the, the nun, the, the ex-nun, it, it brought back a lot of memories to, for me because I went to school in Hamish Pueblo and at the mission, the mission school, San Diego Mission. And uh, it was run by the Sisters of Blessed Sacrament and also the uh, no, no, uh, sister, uh, Franciscan nuns, and also the priests were there. They had the convent there, and also the priests had their their place where they stayed. And also, uh, there was a couple of German uh, nuns, sisters, actually sisters from Germany, and a lot of the people in Hamas really, uh, really loved them for what they taught and how they taught it, because they brought a lot of history from Europe, especially the, the German uh, occupation and the war and all that. So we got a hands-on uh, uh, lesson from them. And then I went to school at St. Cal- uh, high school in St. Catharines in Santa Fe, and that's run by the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. And at the time, the boys' section was run by the Franciscan priests and brothers. But, uh, you know, even there, even at there, there were some nuns that really taught you uh, grounded they were grounded they told they taught you give you life life uh, what their life was about and then at the same time uh, they, it was like a preparatory school and after that you didn't realize you got a well-rounded education until like now when you when you think back you know you just it's just it's just, it's just a sounding level it's like the hand of god you know in your life 
That's wonderful. Uh, thanks for re-saying all of that and so that everybody could hear. Michael, one of our favorite callers we haven't heard from in a while. He's been back at work, and he is um, a Native American, uh, part of the Hemis Pueblo uh, out there. Yeah, yeah Hemis and half Akama. Uh, half Akama, and uh, we've had him here in a long time. Uh, by the way, we, we you know, it's, it's funny because you're calling in. Yesterday was Columbus Day, and we did a, a release on that about uh, Columbus Day. We know that Native American uh, Heritage Month is is November, so that's coming, and uh, that's also also interesting. But uh, when you talk about all the integrative aspects of New Mexico culture, and you know, you could just meet right at the uh, the corner of Sopapilla and Honey, uh, as I often do when I uh, meld the cultures of of being Hispanic and being uh, Native American. I just want to say uh, to you and to me, Happy Columbus Day, and uh, you know, for for that, if you celebrate it, I guess uh, Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. But I think we should also have our separate days, and that's uh, one of the things that's uh, sort of back asswards. Uh, I think about uh, what we've done here, Michael. We've created cultural warfare uh, in the way of political correctness, and I know that you're not on board with that. I know we've talked about, you know, the Washington Football Club versus the Redskins. Uh, we understand that as a great point of pride for a number of different um, teams. Uh, Arizona and uh, uh, Western, excuse me, yeah, Western New Mexico uh, areas uh, where they have had several uh, high school football teams. And they're actually just turning over uh, that no longer being the Redskins. So your thoughts on any, all of it or none of it? Oh, yeah, well, it's a radical fringe. And uh, one of Dinesh Caesar's movies really brings it out. He shows that the, the, the powers that be that are running the world are, are pitting, are pitting every, all of us against each other, whether we know it or not, and until you hear some shows like yours or, or Hannity or Rush Limbaugh. You know, they, they, uh, they spell it out, and then you, right away you, 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 you rally around them because you know that that's the truth, you know. And there's a, there are a lot of natives, and there are a lot of uh, that uh, really understand it, especially now that uh, Biden is coming out with all this radical stuff, and uh, and a lot of a lot of tribal leaders are are are, are doing the same, and it's getting under their skin. So a lot of them are researching it and uh, are are becoming woke in that sense. I love uh, I love you, Michael. You're one of our favorite callers. I'm so glad you checked back in. I was wondering about you. I think about you uh, often. I'm going to share something with you because uh, somebody was just making fun of me. Oh, that's very, very funny. The history of honey, you know, on the corner of Sopapia <laughs> and honey. No, really, uh, uh, honey does not exist in these parts of the world without uh, the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. You would not have Sopapia and honey, which we all enjoy, because Native Americans did not know honey, folks. That is true. I just want you to be completely and totally aware of that. It didn't come until 1622. What else came in 1622? Uh, honey, wine, well, all of these other stuff. And then, of course, um, you know, we had their Native American culture well, here well, as well. Well, some of, some of the woodland tribes knew about it because, you know, the bear, the bear always went, went and, and seek the honey cones. And, and sure. just, by, just, by, just by observation, you know, the, the, the woodland natives saw what the bear was doing. So, it, of course, they became inquisitive and they discovered the honey with, by, by observing the bear. It all, uh, the whole world is, uh, yeah, honey, uh, but according to this and how it's written up here in the Nibble, the history of honey, it talks about uh, honey originating in tropical Africa, spreading from there to northern Europe and east into Asia. Native Americans did not know honey in 1622. The first European colonists brought the subspecies Apis mellifera, mellifera to the Americas. So 
There you go. All right, Michael, thanks uh, so much for checking in, and I hope to hear again from you, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and like, like you said, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm closely related to Deborah Holland. She just she ran the marathon to today. Did you see that? She wanted to honor, or yesterday, she wanted to honor Indigenous Peoples Day. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I, she I, ran, I she ran the marathon. There you go. That's, how else do you do it? Uh, how else do you honor yeah. Indigenous Peoples Day than running a marathon? Oh, yeah. Have you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my what does one have anything to do with the other in fact i would say it's uh doubt i think it is in fairness that a borderline racist mm-hmm. right condescending I mean, yeah condescending i i would agree i mean it's like oh here we are in honor it just that's what well, she did well most well most, well, most tribes have the the running uh, in, as a part as a religion, just like the Talamaras and 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 Mexico, you know, it, it's part of it's part of the culture, you know, it's where you use use medicine, go after medicine, uh, go hunting, and right. it was all done running, you know, running. So it's it's a it's a sacred uh, a way uh, in, in the native religion. Yeah, you've heard of the. Have you ever heard of these ultra marathoners? I think they're called the Rahamuris or Talamaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who they are? They run 100 miles. You ever heard of them? Uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Have you, know, have you heard one of their secrets that uh, gives them that gives them the, the hydration and the, and the nutrition while they're running? Uh uh-uh. uh Tell me about uh, it. It's a bag of it's a bag of chia seeds. They have a little pouch of chia seeds tied to their belt to their to their waistline, chia. and while they're running, you know, yeah, chia huh. seeds. Yeah, that that that's their secret. That's their secret for uh, hydration and also nutrition while they're doing that hundred hundred mile run. And chia seeds help you run longer and faster. Chia seeds, according yes. to this, offers runners a healthy fuel for stamina and endurance, as well as yep. anti-inflammatory, good for the knees, and antioxidant properties, good for the uh, breath. There you go. Uh, wow. Those are the Terra Homera. Uh, that's what they are, Terra Homera. Terra Homera. Yeah, you'll, yeah, never, you'll never forget that now. Uh, they fueled their endurance with chia seeds. Look at you. Just a fountain of knowledge yeah, here. Uh, yeah, because one of the... One of the uh, uh, Best runners ran against the, one of the Hopi runners, and I think I turned the century Olympics uh, in oh. I think it was in New York. I think it was New York. Are you thinking of Jim Thorpe by chance back in 1912? No, 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 no. Okay. No, this is a Hopi guy. This is a Hopi, uh, famous Hopi uh, long distance runner. Jim, and he ran against one of the Hopi runners. Yeah, Jim Olympics. Thorpe was from like, uh, what, like Kansas, right? Was he really? Yeah. Uh, it says Lincoln County, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. James yeah, Francis Thorpe, oh, according to, to this. Yeah, he went to one of the uh, institutions in New York. Uh, oh, okay. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Seventy years young. Man. He was married a lot. Boy, he had four wives. How about that? See? <laughs> he, had, he had three gold medals and four wives. <laughs> there oh, yeah. you go. Oh, the, the fourth one stayed with him because he was stopped trying to show off his his medal there. But uh, there you go. All right, good stuff. Uh, he was the first Native American to win a gold medal for the United States. In the Olympics, so I wonder why more people aren't celebrating that. Is it is it possible, Mike? Uh, uh, because he's not he's wearing the red, white, and blue. Who's that now? I said, is it possible that we're not celebrating Jim Thorpe more because he's most known for representing this country and wearing the red, white, and blue? No, no, it's just uh, it's it's like uh, most uh, most of our people. Uh, History is not written, so a lot of it is, is forgotten unless unless people talk about it. So, hmm. 
you know, it's just not, you know, and there's there's all kinds of stuff going, especially right now, politically and whatnot, that giving everybody's attention. And it, it's like, it's like, it's like the left, right when when you're getting to them, they orchestrate something to throw you off, and and you're looking at that rather than at what what was what what was in mainstream at the time that was outing them, you know? Yeah. Stuff. I love talking to, to to our favorite guy uh, here. Hey, why don't you say sign off in uh, what's the Hemis Pueblo uh, language? What do you What do you guys speak out there? Well, it's not really. A, a, it's just a, not a just, dialect. Just, nothing. Like just like like like, like fancy like Tecanopa. Do you say Tecanopa? All right. Yeah, Tecanopato. That means Tecanopato. That means thank you, elder. Okay, Tecanopa. All right, we got that. So when I stop there and I get some, uh, we get some delicious fry bread uh, cruising through there, and I bring my honey and douse that thing up, and we do a little yeah, pinon and uh, cherry yeah, cherry knee high. Yeah, some uh, red and green chili. Also, you got. You whoa, whoa, wait, wait. We don't talk about red and green chili. What are you talking about? That's that's Spanish. Who wants a who wants a <laughs> stop so puppy with green chili, red chili? That, the, the, some, uh, someone's offending something at some point. It's gonna matter of time where no one's gonna be able to put red chili on anything called the sopapilla or even honey because one's invading the others. There you go. Oh, uh, but they, they go hand in hand though. <laughs> they, oh boy, better than peanut butter and chocolate. That's uh, that's New Mexico's oh, yeah. peanut butter and chocolate right there, right there. Isn't that right? Best sopapillas in town. Uh, see, I'm just uh, this is this conversation is never gonna end because we're talking about food. Uh, El Modelo, what do you think? El Modelo still doing it even though they're serving it commie style. Because you have to sit there and wait, like in line. Oh, you wait, no, you yeah, wait. That's and... only that's uh, yeah, that's the only bad part. Yeah, they, you know, they, they're they're good, but there's other places that are coming alive, just like yeah. Probably in the Pueblo Cultural Center, they have a they have an excellent uh, sopapilla, which is called fried bread. You know, same thing. And my go. mom, my mom used to make it with a quarter in her in her dough, make it with a quarter of whole wheat, uh, whole wheat flour. You try it that way; it's really good. Grainy nutty, it's real good. Wow, we got all the uh, cooking gourmet tips out here. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Uh, the, the Rock of Talk. <laughs> Come on, Julia Childs. Welcome to the kitchen. All right, thank you so much. Uh, good stuff. Are gonna, uh, Julia Child, that's a good question. Did Julia Child, was she familiar, was she familiar, excuse me, with the sopapilla? Mm, very good question. Uh, very good question. Everybody would want to know, would she consider it high culinary culinary uh whatever you know i gotta drop, jump on a zoom call here in three minutes so uh, uh very quickly dowd uh take us out on the um best stories of the day you got, top you got five one? yeah top five here we go. uh very quickly folks rock of talk chat sign up for the daily blast uh most clicked item was the bernalillo county announcement that the shooting out of the county's offices windows amounted to vandalism not a serious crime they called it Vandalism, gunfire vandalism. Uh, Number two, uh, KRQE reporting on Cheryl Williams Stapleton. Number three, something we can talk about later this week, the Albuquerque Firefighter Union deciding to not endorse you-know-who. You're welcome, welcome, New Mexico. That's uh, that's all me, them and the APOA, because the majority of those guys are voting for me. I'm running for mayor, fightfor505.com. All right, number four? Yeah, Uh, number four was, uh, I'm I'm digging into this, the, the hydrogen economy that we're told is coming to New Mexico. Don't fall for it, folks. And last but not least, number five, a, re- a release from Los Alamos about studying earthquakes. You can get the Daily Blast, rockoftalk.chat, rockoftalk.chat.
All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Great job, Dowd. Uh, great, uh, all you callers who called in. Sorry, we got to cut out early. Thanks for listening. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rain. The first thing I met was a fly with a buzz and the sky with no clouds. The heat was hot and the ground was dry, but the air was full of sound. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name And it felt good to be out of the rain In the desert, you can't remember your name Cause there ain't no one supposed to give you no pain After two days in the desert sun, my skin began to turn red. After three days in the desert fun, I was looking at a river.